and welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. We are sharing episode 24 with you today. If you're new here, then a very magical welcome to you. And as always, we would really appreciate any reviews. <laughs> trying to put it in low level there. Um, yes. Do you know, I, I couldn't remember whether it was 24 or 25 today. And I think that just shows that we've, we've made a significant amount of episodes. We have. We definitely have. When you look at our timetable, it blows me away. I know. Especially when we, when we talk there with like our first four ideas, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, and now we've got so many. It's so nice. I know. Because before, it was, when I was on my Instagram story before, I was at like 24, 25. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. So what a nice position to be in. And that's because you guys are still listening. To be fair, if you weren't listening, we'd still make it, but it would just be a bit sad. Um, yeah so <laughs> it would <laughs> it'd just be us yeah it'd just um, be us and my friends and like family which is still great but <laughs> anyway moving on um so yeah if you do have time to leave a review that would be fab and um, you can just leave like a star rating or you can leave a comment or whatever and um, it would be fab it really helps us to get um increased visibility on the podcast streaming networks um and it just it means other fellow Disney fans can find us so if you have a few seconds to just press the star buttons that'll be fab <laughs> today's episode is all about cruella so mm. that's the latest disney release in both cinemas and disney plus premiere back to the cinema yay! <laughs> exciting times you can actually watch a film on the big screen again um and of course this is all about cruella from 101 dalmatians so it's her origin yes. story in case you were curious and you didn't yeah. know <laughs> and on that note this episode would definitely contain spoilers so yeah. please if you haven't yet watched it then we recommend you come back to this because sorry, not sorry. <laughs> there's too many things going on in this we, there's no way no. you could ever talk about this uh with no spoilers no so. and it's been out for a while as well now hasn't it yes for a few weeks so um we have yeah. waited and been polite <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so yeah, come back to it after you've watched it. Or if you want to listen to it because you're not sure, then there's always that option if you're someone who doesn't mind about spoilers. But very me personally, true. I would wait because <laughs> yeah. I, I very much do. Um, so yeah, we'll be going over the film's plot and background as always and discussing our standout moments of the film um, and our thoughts on the film's characters because there was a lot of characters. There were a the lot film. of new characters as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and of course the music and the costumes because again this film was very impactful in mm-hmm. both of those departments. It was the things that I remembered coming out. So yeah, 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 definitely. And of course the thing you're all waiting for oh, is our this. individual ratings out of ten. This is going to be an interesting one, I think. Um, Discussion's going to need to help me with this, I think. Yeah, yeah. We we always seem to change our mind after we finish because yeah. we give each other different we do. perspectives. We do. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. On that note, we'll move on to fun fact number one. So, Disney would not allow Cruella to use her signature cigarette holder so as not to promote smoking to children. And Emma Stone says that she'd actually been excited about that particular aspect of her character while she was prepping. But she also clarified that she did not intend on promoting smoking. That's funny. Like, I was really excited to make kids smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so I know, though, like, it? yeah, because it did, it did cause a little bit of controversy, actually. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I think I remember this happening. People were saying cause it's like an iconic part of her character. Yeah. That you remember, like, from the visuals. They were saying why why not include it but it makes sense it does like i think it makes sense yeah and i think showing tobacco and smoking in films now is a bit more complex mm. isn't it and just yeah. didn't need it because I, I forgot i didn't even realize it was a thing no. i guess as well because it would make sense maybe something that maybe she drops when she's older when she's stressed maybe yeah it makes yeah. sense um but yeah i think it's there's a fine line i think between kind of like going too far 
mm-hmm. um, because you know people do smoke but i also think that smoking is far less common like visibly these days because yeah. you can't smoke in pubs and stuff like that so exactly it's only really if your family smoke that you would normally see that so i think that does make sense yeah yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> I think people were like, this is a film about a woman who literally tries to skin puppies. Yeah. Yeah, like smoking is not the big problem. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So that brings us on to segment number one, where we'll be um, introducing the film um, and the plot, background and reviews. Um, I, I forgot I had to do a plot summary for this. <laughs> I always forget and then we get to this section and I'm like, oh gosh, my memory <laughs> needs to serve. Um so I'll give some background on the film, I think, first to prepare myself. So mm-hmm. um, the style of the film is an American crime comedy, and it's obviously based on the character of Cruella Deville from Dodie Smith's 1956 novel, The 101 Dalmatians, which is obviously what the further films were based on. Um, so yeah. the original, like, the, the animation in the 50s, and then the 2000s remake as well, the live-action remake, mm. they were all based on that book. And the film is directed by Craig Gillespie. It's the third live-action adaptation of the 101 Dalmatians franchise, um, but it's acted as a prequel. So we had 101 Dalmatians was the remake, then yeah. they as a live-action, then they made 102 Dalmatians mm. as a re- as a, a live-action. So this is kind of start throwing it back a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't really remember those films. We're gonna have to do them one day on here because mm. I haven't watched them properly in a long time. No, me neither. <clears throat> And this film was released uh, really recently at the end of May on the 28th of May of this year and it was obviously in cinemas. And and for the, f- for the first time in like so long we got to see this new film if we wanted to be in the cinema. Um, and it's obviously also on Din- Din- yeah? Disney Plus yeah. Premier Access which seems to be the model that they're using going forward at the minute because to kind of get the um, the kind of cover all bases so they're doing yeah. it in cinema for people who are comfortable with that but if people prefer at home Premier Access is still available. So that's the... The general vibes. Mm-hmm. The plot summary. Gosh, right. <laughs> it's like a two-hour film and it's very dense. Um, so, we begin and we see Cruella as a child. And Cruella being born and her being a bit of a rebel at school. And she's got like her classic, like iconic, like split hairdo. Um, and we have the amazing Emma Stone giving her voiceover. And we kind of get that sassy element from the beginning, don't we? So she's mm-hmm. a rebel. She doesn't follow the rules. Um, she basically gets like kicked out of school. Um, so they, her and her mum go to move to London. And then on the, on the way, mum's like, we need to go and see a friend because, you know, you've you've literally left us with no choice but to move to a completely different area and need more money, basically. Mm-hmm. We arrive this posh house. And obviously, Cruella being Cruella, she was told to stay in the car. Um, mm-hmm. Did she stay in the car? No. No, she didn't. Um, <laughs> so Cruella gets out like the disobedient brat that she is. Um, and then it's like running around these cars because she loves fashion. All these, all these people have like turned up this really posh party wearing all this gorgeous fashion. So she sneaks in with a dog. Um, her dog. She'll have a vacation because she likes dogs in this film. Yeah. That's really important. Um, and then she causes a big scene, uh, gets chased by three Dalmatians also important, mm. <laughs> gets struck, and then runs into the garden, but then what happens is the Dalmatians actually push her mother off a cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. While someone, another woman is stood in front of her, like, talking to her. Um, so Cruella's mum's dead. Uh, Cruella thinks she's responsible, um, and then she basically drops a necklace that her mum had given to her as, like, a family heirloom, and then like, goes in a bin van to... Yep. London, and then basically arrives in London, an orphan, really sad. Um, then she finds two friends, Horace. Mm. And I was going to say Horace and Boris, but that's not that same as no. the cats that I went to go and see when I was younger. It's definitely <laughs> not Horace and Boris. Horace and Jasper. Yeah. Who you'll recognise their names from the original film. 
they become friends as kids and then we basically like jump forward to like the future where they're living as like <laughs> rap scallions in London. <laughs> they're thieves, they're out from everyone, and then eventually but, but Corral loves fashion, that's her thing. Um and we, we do love Jasper, don't we? We do. We do. Um, we have to. We do. Um <laughs> and he basically gets her a job in a in a clothing store and from there she basically then meets uh, she's a bit of a disaster there, isn't she? Really? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But then she, she somehow, because she's so talented, climbs the ranks um, of London's fashion scene and ends up working for the Baroness, who is like the big deal at this mm. time of a fashion designer. Works for her. Um, she's a bit of a cow, really, isn't mm-hmm. she? Um, mm-hmm. Putting it lightly. Um, and so what then happens is Cruella discovers that um, this Baroness is wearing her mother's necklace. <gasps> Mm. so she kind of is then like right well and she and basically the the baroness explains that like him like someone had stolen this necklace from her and basically paints out her her mum to be a bit of an idiot corella was like nah i'm not having this fully rebels oh and i I forgot to mention after corella's mum died her name so her name is actually estella it's her actual name but cruella is her kind of like alter ego when she gets mad or angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so she's put cruella away in a box for a very long time dyed her hair red like been full-on estella once this happens cruella comes out to play Mm. um, and cruella's a little bit destructive (laughs) yes (laughs) just a little bit Um, and she is kind of running around, um, like sabotaging the Baroness with like her own made fashion, but disguised as Cruella because no one would ever know that Estella <laughs> was Cruella. <laughs> um, which and so and but then basically she basically finds out. Long story short, that her mum has been killed by the Baroness, and mm. she finds out she's the Baroness's child, um, and that she, oh she almost dies in a fire. Yeah, because the Baroness finds out and tries to kill her, and then frames. Horace and Jasper for her yeah. murder. She lives and then she tries to get and then <laughs> this is where it gets a bit complicated. It, it, yeah. And she basically tries to like back um, the Baroness into a corner because the Baroness thinks she's dead and then finds out she's not. And then they all go to this big party and basically um Cruella tries to trick the Baroness into basically like getting her knocked off the same cliff that her mother died on with Dalmatians. But alas, the Dalmatians are now loyal to Cruella, which was mm-hmm. a bit of a point about a sec. Because I'm not going into all of the two hours of depth. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Everyone sit down, here's a two hour plot summary. Um, and Estella is knocked off by the Baroness off mm. the cliff. Mm. But everyone's watching. Gasp! So everyone has now seen that the Baroness is a murderer, so she gets taken to prison. And as if by magic, uh, Estella dies, but Cruella lives because mm. she's got a parachute. Um, Cruella inherits this estate, and that then becomes Hell Hall, which is what we kind of see in the future um, films. Um, yeah. And that's then where Cruella is born, whether she's evil or not. Um, mm. So lots of drama, lots of secrets, lots of backstabbing, lots of fashion. Yeah. Um, and lots of dogs as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're going to stop there. Yeah, seems like a good. I hope that was comprehensive. <laughs> um, it's a hard one to go into because it I feel is. like there's so many twists and turns, isn't there, in this one? So many. Like yeah. So many different characters. Um, so that's the essence. So mm-hmm. she's a rebel child, then becomes an orphan, becomes a fashion designer, and then rebels against a fashion designer, finds out her mum wasn't her mum's death wasn't her own fault. Tries to kill the Baroness, finds out the Baroness is her mum, gets killed, kind of, and yeah. then comes back and inherits everything and saves the day. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate Thank of you. what happens. Thank yeah. You.
Um, so with that, we'll hand over to Rosie um, for our review, which I'm quite intrigued for. We love complicated plots and films, don't we? We do. We um, need to find a simpler one next time. We, we fair, really do. Our next classic episode in a few weeks will be simple. I'm going to have yes. such a simple <laughs> summary for that film. I can't wait. <laughs> it's like a day off for you. Oh, it gets very stressful because I don't think of them in advance. I do it on the spot and it's quite, it's a memory game. It's this. quite a talent, to be honest. Thank um, you. Especially with all the, because we've done a lot of new Disney films and they yeah. seem more complex and mature. They, they're getting theming. worse and worse. <laughs> So it's definitely a test for my brain, to be honest. It is. So, well, now you can relax. I can. I can um, enjoy the review. <laughs> so in terms of reception, this film grossed a total of 131.2 million. So that's so far since it's come out. So obviously oh, it's wow. still in box offices and everything at the moment. Um, but it's done really well um, in terms of people going to see it in the cinemas and also downloading it from yeah. Disney Plus Premiere. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, it's not been a failure, as we've seen with other Disney films oh, in the true. past. <laughs> as we we know that can happen yeah um but in terms of like audience and critics reception um the score on imdb is 7.4 i think that's, that's lower than i think i would have given it yeah i think that's really low especially when you look at other live action films yeah um because i think maleficent has like slightly more than that mm. or like maybe eight or something like that so i was thinking well I think I enjoyed this more than maleficent yeah so i just thought it was interesting i think it's i do think that's quite low um but, but I think people have had problems with it, and I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I think some yeah. people have misunderstood the film and its purpose. Yeah, I think. yeah, yes. Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes critics seem to agree, though, with that. So they've gone for 74%. So that seems to be like a, a point mm. of where people are at with it. But then the, the audience have given it 97%. Wow, so that's really So this high. shows that the audience, the people who have gone to see it, have really enjoyed it. Um, that is really high. We haven't really seen a score like that. Obviously, it's still recent. No, but... we saw a few hundred percent, didn't we, from... Is it Pinocchio? Oh, yeah. Which was weird. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, I think that was But I think weird. that's the highest that we've seen, like... Yeah. And it's. I think that's probably one of the biggest differences we've seen between critics mm-hmm. and audience as well. Um, yeah. Which And it is interesting, actually. Because um, I would have thought critics would have enjoyed this one. Yeah, there's a lot more that you'd think they would yeah. love about it than the, that the audience might not pick up on in the same way because they're not looking for it as much. Yeah. Um, so then also Metacritic gave it 59%. Oof. That's really low. No. That's really, really low. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a like varied reception, yeah. really, when you look at it on the surface. Um, and obviously it's been out for a few weeks now as well, so it's not like it's just week one. Because no. obviously at week one, you don't really get like an no. accurate picture. So yeah, quite divided. So then if we go into reviews, I guess we'll see why. <laughs> so um, starting with critics. So Tara McNamara from Common Sense Media. Oh, what a name. Said, I know, it's quite a nice name. Um, she said that the film is sinisterly superb. This is a well-crafted, phenomenally acted, artistically drenched triumph that's a whole lot, lot more responsible than most of a villain as main character films. Ooh, what a lovely review. We do like common sense media, don't we? We do, yeah. That was a lot, lot big words in that, Tara. <laughs> very well articulated, very impressed. Yeah. yeah, and also I would agree with yeah. what she said as well. However, Joe Morgenstern from the Wall Street Journal said that the film is a lifeless slog and with a running time of 134 minutes, a cruelly elongated one. No, no, Joe. There's, there's nothing lifeless about it. No, it's, the, it's, one the, <laughs> it's one of the least lifeless 
films like i think i've ever there's so much going on there's so much energy to this film like even like, if you didn't enjoy the plot yeah you can't so, it's so chaotic and busy yeah like even just in terms of like the screen like what you're watching on the screen or like what you're hearing like there's always something that's giving it like driving the plot along yeah. and driving the, like so i just i don't understand like, even looking at all the colors and everything on the screen yeah. and like the costumes that's, lifeless, that's not lifeless and slog as well like I, I know no 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 that's joe it's a no thank you talking about fantasia um, <laughs> <laughs> you clicked the wrong film um and so then ben travis from empire magazine said with killer looks propulsive filmmaking and stellar turns from emma stone and thompson cruella is a spring summer 21 treat yeah it definitely mm-hmm. is and i think it's interesting i think a lot of people when i was looking at reviews obviously focus on emma stone and emma thompson because they oh, are just incredible. incredible both of them are yeah. equally as incredible as each other in this film they're just amazing like as soon as you see them again on the screen they instantly capture and oh, command your attention yeah. You can't take They're your eyes off of them. They, just they are. And they work yeah. so well together as they well. Um, yeah. Because I think I was a bit, not worried, but because I was, we'll talk more about them as, as characters in a bit, but mm-hmm. I think because they're both such strong actresses, mm-hmm. I was like, how is that going to work? Like, yeah. on screen, like, is it going to be a bit much? Are they going to clash? Like, how is Well, that- exactly. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Because you don't want them to, like, butt heads and, like, you know, there'll be a competition for, like, who's getting yeah, the most, yeah. who's the best. Like, they just seem to do it really well, mm-hmm. where they brought out the best in each other very, in, very true. in their characters. So, yes. Um, and so then Brian Lowry from CNN.com said, Cruella won't be to everyone's taste, but to borrow from the original song, if Stone and Thompson squaring off doesn't entertain you at least a little, no evil thing will. Very I like true. that. Very so, clever. Well done, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> Commitment. Um, but Clarice from The Independent said, wickedly stylish and an absolute gas. It's essentially a fashion film full of immaculate gowns and unbashed showmanship. Yeah, it's very yeah. showy, isn't it? Which I it like. is. Yeah. It is a show. And like just the fashion element to it is done really well as well. Yeah. Like they've really, you can tell they put so much effort into yeah. all of the costumes and all of the design elements as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Michael Phillips from Chicago Tribune said, I've seen far worse Disney recycling jobs, which doesn't make Cruella any more than it is a joker for jaded Disney princess fans everywhere. I'm not even sure what your point is. I'm not sure what he's trying to say. No. Like, I don't, I don't get it. he's saying, like, he's seen worse live actions, but then he's also saying that doesn't make this any better. So I'm like, what? what's your point, Michael? Are you saying it's average? Cause just say that. <laughs> I'm gonna say like like for Jada Disney princess fans everywhere. Like, well, no, because it's not a Disney princess film. No, exactly. And I'm gonna Dalmatian isn't a Disney princess film. No, Michael, if you're listening, could you let us know what you actually mean, please? Yeah, can you be more clear, <laughs> like some of the others that we've read already? Yeah, we need more articulation <laughs> of our points. <laughs> Take note. Um, and then on to like the actual audience. So um, a user on IMDb said, "This movie blows every live action except Cinderella out of the park." Cruella is beautifully written, acted, and portrayed. All of the side characters are memorable and useful. Yeah. And the Baroness is amazing and just pure evil. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Random person. Especially the side the, the side characters like that. They all, all have of the characters day, make this film. Yeah. It's not it's not just about Cruella and the Baroness. Like without the others, it's, it wouldn't yeah. work. So yeah, excellent point. 
Um, and another user said, Cruella is simply put phenomenal, a beautifully and artistically styled film that sets the perfect mood for the dark and cynical Titan character. The film just feels rebellious and makes you want to root for a true villain and horrific person. See, that's interesting to me. Yeah, because I don't think she is a true villain yet. No, and that's something we'll talk about. We will. Um, so I think, because when you root for her, you're not rooting for... Because the, the Baroness is is probably is more evil. That's one of the big questions. Yes, of, like, yeah, she's, yeah. Even though you think it's a villain film, actually, the villain has a villain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I wouldn't... I think it definitely feels rebellious the whole way through. Yeah. It's kind 100%. of like, you know... And it has this whole aim of, like, you know, is what you, you really think or who you really admire, who you actually admire, or who you think you are. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily say in the film I felt like I was rooting for a villain. No, and I wouldn't call her a horrific person either. No. Like that, that's too... That's way too it's strong. a bit harsh. Yeah. It goes quite a lot. I don't know if anyone noticed. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree to the first part, the second part, I don't. And then lastly, (laughs) this one's funny. A Disney disaster that is too dark to entertain children and too childish to entertain adults. The soundtrack is too cliched um, and on the nose. It plays like a cheap stage production. No one creates a single real emotion of any kind. I didn't laugh. I didn't care. I didn't buy any of it for one second. Um, Wow. Um, I'm not going (laughs) to say about that. God. (laughs) How in that two hours and 14 minutes could you not find something? Honestly, like, I laughed so much in that film. Like, just Horace. Horace alone He was hilarious. Hilarious. But not even just that, there was other things. So, and also, how can you not care? I was so invested. I was so invested in, like, in in all of it. I was invested in, like, the potential, like, Jasper Cruella thing. I was invested in, like, the Baroness's, like, evil plans mm-hmm. i was invested in like people died like <laughs> how can there not be emotion to any of those dalmatians things? committed murder like how can yeah. you not be invested that in this right film? at the start as well like that, that for me this I'm child became an orphan within 10 minutes of the film starting <laughs> how can you not care <laughs> exactly so she was nearly yeah. set on fire <laughs> There's so many bits that are like, the, the, I was feeling so many emotions in this film and that's why it was such a journey. Yeah, I felt um, exhausted after it. I felt like yeah. I'd been on the journey with her, yeah. Yeah, so it's a no from me. Maybe yeah. Sorry, you should no. watch it again. Um, yeah, like were you asleep or did, uh, <laughs> did someone like, <laughs> did someone like mute the film accident? Like, I don't, <laughs> that's all I can think of. Well, we're moving swiftly on from that because that's just, I, I just have no words for that. And also... Disney and disaster are not the two words that go together. No, very much. no. Oxymoron, um, that is. Exactly. Well, lovely word. Well done. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. That moves on to Disney fun fact number two. So, Nicole Kidman was originally considered top choice for the Baroness before Emma Thompson took the role. Charlie's yeah. Theron, Julianne Moore and Demi Moore were also considered... Yeah, nah, Emma Thompson. No, I don't think anyone could have been no. her. Like, no. she just has the vibes. Like, Nicole Kidman... I think would have been good in a different way. Yeah. I don't think, I think the kind of ruthlessness mm. of that character, I, I'm i not convinced. Because Nicole Kidman is very softly spoken. Yeah. Her whole like demeanour is very soft and like elegant. Mm. And mm-hmm. I feel like Emma Thompson has a real variety in the roles that she plays. Definitely. Um, and her voice, she just has such a sarcastic voice. I love well, it. <laughs> it's like saving Mr. Banks. Like we know what she's like from, from oh, that. So she and from that was perfect for this because yeah. there are a lot of parallels and like similarities with her character. Yeah. So yeah, I, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing yeah. it as well as she's done it, having seen it 
So, no. Yeah. Um, and that moves on to segment number two. We'll be discussing the characters in the film. So we have lots to get through in this. <laughs> so we're going to start with the female leads. So amazingly, this film has two female leads. Yeah. What? So, yeah, we love a bit of a female lead film. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they are Cruella and the Baroness. Um, do we actually know what the Baroness's name is? I don't think it's actually mentioned. No, it's just like, the Baroness, wonder... isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And obviously the film is literally called Cruella, so it makes sense <laughs> that we'll start discussing Cruella. Um, Cruella and Estella, though, because they, they're, they're, they're two very different characters. Mm, um, yep. So I think we need to discuss them kind of both together, really. Um, yeah. So we'll start with young Estella, because, mm-hmm. again, she's very different as we move through the film. We see many different versions of Cruella throughout this film. We, we do, um, yeah. So what did you think of young Estella and how like that set the whole scene of the film? So I loved this because I wasn't sure how far back we were going to go. Like, I know with, like, prequels, you do tend yeah. to go back, like, quite far. But I love the fact that we saw her as a child because, for me, like, you know, like, bad characters, I always like to know, or, like, villains or, like, people that are told that yeah. like, they're bad people. We're told they're bad people. But, like, I like to know why they've gone down the path they've gone down yeah. because with villains it's never clear cut they weren't born evil so like i like to know well if you've been watching the recent loki series that was mm. a quote from that wasn't it is that yeah everyone is bad for a reason well that, yes exactly i love the fact you're bringing loki into this episode it wasn't was even like... me it wasn't me i'd like to point out <laughs> I thought that was quite a nice quote because i remember thinking about that before yeah. i watched the second episode before we'll do that a whole other time and um, mm. but he, he makes a quote about you know like not every bad person is is fully bad and yeah. i was like do you know what that's such a nice way to look at cruella i think yeah and and, and the, what this film is trying to present is because you're right that's why we love maleficent because yeah. you're looking and no one's like born inherently evil no so um yeah i yeah i agree there you go there's, there's your little low-key <laughs> token in there for thank you appreciate <laughs> that um so yeah i love the fact that like we got to see like how she was when she was younger because a lot of the time as we know at a young age things can have a huge impact on you and the impact on your adult life and the yeah. decisions you make and obviously her life was crazy traumatic, yeah. yeah it was traumatic and it was also just chaotic and the thing is like she was she was different yeah it was, like straight away she was different because obviously her hair yeah. Like, she's got half black and, like, half, like, grey, greyish white kind of colour. So, like, she was already very different. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that, like, I feel like the message that you get from when you see her as a, as a young Estella is it kind of, she's trying to embrace her differences yeah. and kind of embrace who she is. But obviously people aren't accepting of that no. and they won't accept her for who she is. And I love the fact that, like, we get to see that, that part of her yeah. Like how she tried to, you know, she tried to just be who she was, but people didn't accept that. So straight yeah. away, you can see the barriers that she's facing in her life because you're like, okay, people don't like her. And, you know, there's that scene with, um, oh my goodness, I've forgotten her name. And what is her Anita? name? Anita. I was going to say that. It didn't sound right in my head. There's that scene. <laughs> Anita Darling, as they say in the film. <laughs> yes. And she is like, oh, they'll, they'll ignore you or something like that. Like to the, the bullies. Oh, yeah. Like about the bullies. And, um, Cruella, like, she was like, she kind of ignored them to begin with, but then she was like, nah, that's yeah. it. I've had enough. And she gets into fights with them. And obviously, eventually, she gets enough stamps on her, whatever it is, like, 
past her, um, her, what's it called like her rota yes it? yeah 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 she gets enough stamps that she's eventually that kicked so out of school funny. well she she removes she, yeah her, her mom, mom removes her from school <laughs> yeah <laughs> that I was so funny that. i love that i loved as well i know obviously i know we find out it's not her real mum but like i really loved her mum yeah like, she was so supportive she was she was again she was supportive supportive who corella not corella sorry estella <laughs> was um i know she did obviously try and like kind of try and make her suppress a bit of like her Cruella side but it's understandable to an extent because you well, know yeah I mean she... you can't go around trashing places no you? she needs to learn you know like yeah. what's acceptable and what's not and the reason she does that is because she, she wants Cruella to fit in she wants yeah. Cruella to be miserable she wants people to like, yeah. like her so she's trying to it's from a like a loving place yeah exactly but she lets her embrace the fact that she wants to be um, a designer like a fashion designer yeah and, really she, and she's okay with her not wearing the hat even though yeah. she has to cover her hair she's like yeah. no nope. <laughs> um, she's like oh okay then fine yeah so I, I think it like sets the scene for the film in a way where you're like you realize that she was already treated as an other from such a young age so she was yeah. already like an outsider to most people so you can kind of see like why she's different and she's obviously like she's had issues of people telling her she's different. Like when those boys call her a skunk, I was like, that's so mean. So mean. It's so mean. Um, so yeah, I, I loved seeing her. And then obviously the scene when they're at the party, oh. when she literally watches her mother being thrown like by Dalmatians off a cliff. That was insane. Yeah. Like, there was so much going on. I remember watching that and being like, is this actually happening? Like, yeah, so I was like, no way, is this a real film? Because I was like, what is actually happening? <laughs> so it was so chaotic. Um, but also, like, obviously you got the implication that she was going to cause chaos because she went yeah. straight into the party. And so you're, you're already, like, very much told who she is, what she's about. She won't be told what she can and can't do. She'll do what she wants sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but then obviously, like, when she is orphaned, and she ends up oh it's so sad when she gets to the fountain because she finally makes it to the fountain that her and her mother talked about going to and having tea and then she gets there and she's an orphan at that point and it's so sad and then she sleeps there because obviously she's got nowhere else to go um but that's when we meet jasper and horace so that's a nice that's a very nice turning point i think for her um because as we will discuss they are excellent friends. They are. They are. They, they are, are loyal to a team. They are. That's what we needed in High School Musical. If you've listened to our High School Musical episode. Yes. <laughs> we needed a Jasper. Honestly. <laughs> like. Don't forget um, Chad. Yeah. Honestly. Forget Taylor. We needed these guys in High School Musical. Because they're just so loyal, which we'll discuss later. But so, yeah, I think it sets the scene because you're like, right. She's had it really hard, really young. A lot's gone on. She's different. She stands out, and so you can just kind of see where it's going in the sense mm-hmm. that, like, she's not going to let someone else like tell her what she can yeah. do. She's going to do what she wants, no matter what. Um, so yeah, I think it was very important to have that um, to be shown that to understand like fully, especially the impact of her mother. Yeah. Um, and the necklace as well. Obviously, we get Obviously, shown the necklace, yeah, yeah. and that's hugely important um, later on in the film. So yeah, but what did you think? Yeah, I think I think similar, but I also think it shows the flip side as well quite quickly because obviously we mm. see her as like this really confident like child who will like beat people up if they're mean to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when her mum dies and she thinks it's her fault, 
Oh yeah. Um, I think that introduces a really nice element to it because she she's still confident, but yeah. she, you can see that she's taken on so much grief and so much responsibility and how emotionally invested she gets in things. Um, and I think it also shows that she's like aware of how different she is yeah. and she thinks it's a problem. Mm. She's like, well, if I hadn't been, if I hadn't disobeyed, my mum would still be alive. Yeah. Even though we find out that isn't true because she doesn't kill her. It's the Baroness who orders the dogs to kill yeah. um, the adopted mum. Um, but it, I, I think that's an interesting side of her character and what we then see as we move on is that she, she's she feels like she has to subdue herself yeah obviously we see that as the film moves on mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know like she dyes her hair and she's she's quite vulnerable and mm-hmm. i think that's a side that we have we don't see right at the beginning you know she's getting beat up and she's yeah like, really but we actually see that vulnerable child side to it as well which mm-hmm. explains why she is the way she is when she grows up and why she's so damaged yeah um, because she is quite vulnerable and takes on emotions really strongly. Yeah. And I think that sets up the film really nicely as well, because she, when she feels an emotion, she feels it strongly. Yeah, she um, does. So, so I think you're right. I think we see that element of difference and how she's proud of it. But then we also see the flip side in the fact that she personally finds the problems in her differences yeah. as well. Um, and it, so it, it kind of presents that nice, um, nice is the wrong word, but like interesting, um, What's going on? Not not fight, but like like battle if you like between yeah, like her between two personalities yeah. and who like she wants to be, but also mm. who she feels she should be. Yeah, and I think that's a really nice setup for the film. Um, yeah, because then we have these two kind of rival personalities of Corella and Estella kind yeah. of fighting right at the beginning of the film. Yeah, and yet and then that is the what, the catalyst for the rest of the film mm. when Corella pops out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I think it sets up the film amazingly. I think it was really nice having the um, voiceover too. Yeah. Because it, it really, it allowed us to see like Cruella's character now as well and how she thought about her life and yeah. and how she's been formed by her past. So I loved that and I thought, oh, the voice, especially because she had the voice spot on from like oh, the first she second. Did. You felt like you knew her as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a great start to film. I like that we saw it was a kid. Yeah, I thought that was a really clever way to do it because it, you automatically connect with kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah. You feel nice more like sympathy. To, yeah, and it felt we were able to connect with her. Yeah, basically instantly. Yeah. So yes, um, yeah, and then we see Estella more grown up quite quickly. So she mm. dyes her hair, and it's quite dramatic because it looks like she's actually pouring like blood down her face oh she goodness, thinks she's got yeah. blood on her hands um, and then we see her grow up um, and she's trying to make her way in the world um, and what are your thoughts on older Estella? So it's interesting because we see that she's obviously stayed with Horace and Jasper yeah, so they've kind so of formed cute. a unit together which is cute like I loved it I, I, I love them as like a squad um, <laughs> because even though they're thieves <laughs> yeah. like they're doing it because they need it's a necessity isn't yeah it? they've all had rough lives because obviously there's a mention as well of jasper and horace knowing about what it feels like to lose their parents yeah um so we understand that they've all they've all kind of joined together because they've got similar sort of experiences with things and hardships that they've had and so obviously they're doing what they can to get by so it yeah. is a necessity well they've got um, no qualifications they've got no, no support networks have they so no exactly they've got nothing else so they, they've only got each other um and i think it's it's just so cute when you see them together like because they just they they do they barely have anything but they have each other and that's like enough for them well, they? Like they yeah like a family yeah it's yeah it's, it's really quite touching actually um their relationship which just mm. goes to show how well those characters were acted 
by the cast. Um, but yeah, so I love the fact that you're right, like Estella in this section, she's actually trying because obviously we see her designing the outfits for when yeah. they are stealing. They've got like their um, disguises and stuff that she designs. So she's still trying to like pursue like what she wants to do. Um, obviously she doesn't yeah. have an opportunity to do anything more at this point. Yeah. So she's doing what she can to like, you know, uh, pursue what she wants to, to do later on. Um, and then obviously Jasper um, is best, best person ever. Oh, what a guy. And basically just gets her into Liberty London with a fake CV. <laughs> just because, because he, he wants to be nice. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And then, so for me, this is where it's important, is that, yes, like, she is cleaning initially, but she still gives it a go. Like, she she puts everything into it, like, initially at least. She does so try. Funny. Bless her. I know. She end up in that to scrub floors. I, I know. Like, you know what, what I'm feeling. It's the way when it pans, you go from like all the ranks, and then it's her yeah, like scrubbing a toilet. What, when it like panned through the the the, 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 the cr- I thought, wow, how exciting to like work in a place. Yeah. Going to fit in so well here. Look yeah. And then it was like the toilet, and I was like, oh. yeah, because you definitely <laughs> thought she was going to be like a sales assistant or something yeah. like that, and then you didn't see her on that floor, and you're like, oh, oh. I see. And then her boss is a oh. nightmare because she tries to get involved in other things like to help out like and also gain more experience and like move up in the, the departments and stuff yeah he won't let that happen he won't have any of it no but at this point i think it's important to stress that like she's very much trying to go down a respectable route the right the right way yeah, she's she in the right way yeah. but she's been given an opportunity and it's cute because she has conversations with her mum at the fountain doesn't she like she kind of like updates her mum on her life every time she goes and sits around the fountain oh, so which is really cute and obviously she's there she's saying like, I'm really trying like I'm trying to like make this work so there is a hundred percent a point where Estella is trying to legitimately like make a name for herself by herself like by her own means yeah. uh, without you know because they're not doing anything dodgy like she won't let them steal from a shop or anything so like initially she is actually trying um to just go up through that career yeah yeah so I think that shows, like, this is where it kind of contrasts later on, mm-hmm. is she obviously doesn't, as soon as she's with the um, Baroness, she is trying there, but up until the point where she sees the necklace, and that's kind of like a, a trigger yeah. for her, for Cruella to come back out again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think we can see from an early point that she has she can be grounded but we can also see that she's very all over the place like with things as well like she it doesn't take too much to flip her switch to the other side of her personality yeah um yeah but see but but I found it really interesting that she was literally like a stellar like I mean like 12 years or something I think it's meant to be something like that isn't it yeah and and I, what I love is that, because right at the beginning, you know, when she's still a child, she's like, I'm never going to be a fashion designer now. She's kind of mm-hmm. accepting as a child, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And yet, when we flip forward those half many years, she's still, like, so determined. And yeah. We see her wall full of designs and, like, the Baroness's card, and she still has those dreams. Yeah. And I love that she never let go of that. I thought that was really cool. And the fact that mm. she, and she's, even in, like, her, uh, their thieving costumes, everything is so precise. Like, yeah. she's so committed and invested in what she does and mm. I thought that was an amazing quality to see especially when someone's had such a hard life 
um, to see that she still took so much pride in what she did. Yeah. Um, even though it was for thieving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, she, she valued her skills. Mm. Um, and I love that. Um, and uh, to be honest, I thought it took quite a lot to get Cruella back out, to be honest. The fact that it took that many years. And to be fair, like, you know, she did call her mum a liar and mm. a thief. Mm. Um, and I, I think her mum is her trigger point, isn't she? Like, yeah. Because she still feels, at that point, she still thinks she killed her mum. Yeah, it's a girl. Um, so, I I think, like, younger Stella, I think she's a really interesting role model, in a sense. People mm. who maybe, you know, still have dreams, but they maybe can't always see that it's going to happen. And that idea that you should never stop, because a break can come from anywhere. Um, yeah. And, and even when you think that things aren't working, like, to push and push and push... And to pester people, like, hmm. you know, when she keeps asking and asking and asking him, and he's like, no, 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 like, you're not moving up anywhere else. But she never stops because yeah. she believes in herself, and she knows she's good. That's yeah. what I love, is that she knows she's good at what she does. Hmm. Um, yeah. She knows she's a good seamstress, she knows she's a good designer, and so that powers her through. And sometimes that's all you've got. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is telling yeah. you, like, no, you're not good enough, or, like, you know, so the belief you have in yourself is all you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I loved that element. I also loved that then when she goes and works for the Baroness, she is so committed. Like that 5 a.m. Yeah. start, I was like... Yeah, she was nah. there, day one, on time. Yeah, like... yeah. Um, and she starts, and even though she's nervous, she gives it her all. And I, was, yeah. I, just, I loved that. I loved that whole vibe of her character. Was just, And that carries on to Corella as well. It's in a bit yeah. more, more like chaotic manner. Yeah. <laughs> but she's when she has an idea, she commits to it fully. And yeah. I love that. Um, and then I think obviously when she kind of and even like with the Baroness even though the Baroness isn't particularly nice to her at times and it's no. quite difficult like she doesn't question her or like um, get moody because she's worked to where she wants to be yeah she's um, grateful to be where she is yeah she doesn't take anything for granted or anything like that and I love that um, but obviously I think the necklace is a massive trigger point yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously by that point Cruella comes out to play but she's not the, the, the star of the show at that point is she mm. um, and I so I so I think it's it's a weird one I think I I don't think it's taken little to switch her mm. I think it's been a build up a build up a build up of suppressing that other side yeah. for so long that that was like the final switch as opposed to like she was like oh my god a necklace like mm. you know that's it I'm gonna be Cruella I think there's probably been so many things that we haven't seen yeah that have like annoyed her as she's gone yeah. through life but she's been like no my mum would want me to be good um and whereas I think then when she realizes that perhaps her mum's death was in vain or wasn't valued yeah. in the same way she's like well, what's the point then like yeah I'm gonna avenge her mum and I'm sorry mum but I'm gonna do it like the way that I want to do it yeah um because I think she also sees by that point that playing good doesn't get you anywhere yeah uh, because by this point her designs are being sold off as baroness designs yeah being like treated like rubbish really by the baroness mm-hmm. um and she's been taken advantage of so i think at this point as well she's a bit like well i've tried playing good i've tried yeah. being a stella and it's not working um it's not getting me where i want to be so quite mm-hmm. to have a go <laughs> um i really like older stella i think she's mm-hmm. got like a me lot too. of great values um because you can tell she doesn't enjoy thieving either no um and I just love her ambition. I love any character that's got so much ambition. I'm just yeah. Love it. Um, especially when their life has been hard, like hers was. Yeah. So, Definitely. Yeah, I love an order of Estella. Um, and then at one point at the Baroness's parties, we meet Cruella. And this mm. is quite a big turning point for Estella's character. Um, and at this point, Cruella, there's a bit of a battle, isn't there, between yeah. like, 
who is Estella and Cruella? Where do they fit? Who's the dominant personality? And mm. slowly but surely, Estella becomes a bit of a background role. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on Cruella? So many thoughts about this because initially she's Cruella because she needs to have a disguise to pull yeah, off the plan yeah. to get the necklace. So, because obviously Jasper's like, well, you can't go as yourself because then you get it fired and you'll lose your whole like career. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I love that she's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> then that makes her think like, ah, oh, okay, but I know someone that can go. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we know it's going to be Cruella. Um, and of course her entrance is huge when she literally sets her dress like oh, on fire my, to One uncover. of my favourite parts of the film. Yeah, wow. amazing, absolutely amazing. It reminded me of The Hunger Games <laughs> a oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that. It was so dramatic. It was such a great entrance. And obviously, it's the first time we're seeing Cruella in this film. So Mm -hmm. it was, it it had to be impactful. Um, So I thought that was amazing. Like, we were introduced to her in such a huge way. And obviously, like, you know, the Baroness was, she was taken aback by her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, she's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And it takes a lot to interest the Baroness. So, this was quite a big point where you're yeah. like, okay, Baroness is kind of threatened by someone, mm-hmm. um, which again, you haven't seen yet. Um, but yeah, so obviously she's doing it to begin with. She's just kind of acting a part. Yeah. And that's great. She's excellent in that part. And yeah. like, so obviously Emma's um, accent changes slightly. Oh, and her, yeah, it's like, so clever the way, way she, she speaks. That. Yeah, it's so clever because it's so noticeable when she switches between them yeah like in terms of like you know which one she is but at the same time you can tell it's the same person she does it so well it's very clever like yeah. it's, it's incredible um and you know she's got that psychotic glint in her eyes as well yeah. when she's Cruella so she yeah Emma Stone is just amazing in this role um but yeah so I think we can at this point we can all kind of tell that this must be like where we're going to start seeing Cruella again because yeah. you kind of think like okay is it for the one job though like she's come out and obviously <laughs> it's it's like very chaotic yeah. the whole thing the whole scenario the necklace goes on the floor oh. they nearly get it but then the Dalmatians eat it <laughs> um so yeah so that's like when we're introduced to Cruella mm-hmm. and then progressively after that this is where I struggle with Cruella. Um, so <laughs> it's because the way she starts to treat Jasper and Horace changes so dramatically from this point onwards. Like she's suddenly their leader and yeah. she's suddenly completely in, in control of like what they're doing and she's ordering them around and she's basically become Cruella like very very quickly like she's still got parts of Estella there yeah she's not quite like as um what's the word commanding as she gets in mm. near the end of the film but you still see her because she's still playing the same part the next day after they've done yeah. the griff they call it um so yeah I, as soon as that happens I when I saw the way she was treating them I was like oh no I was like this is where I'm gonna have an issue with you because like they're such good friends for me like I think it's quite quite obvious but they were one of my favorite parts of the whole film and so when she knocks Horace's cereal on the floor like she literally just whacks it like it was really funny but I was like okay this is this is different Mm -hmm. this isn't the Estella that we've seen who like is really like nice to her friends so she's definitely 
very different to Estella. True. And but at the same time, like she's not like straight away this kind of villain. I wouldn't even call her a villain in this film, but like no. you know, she's not straight away this psychotic person. No, but no. it's every time something that happens relating to her family, like her mom. Yeah, she gets progressively more and more psychotic until the last time because then she realizes she's messed up um, with her friends and everything. So she's such an interesting character. Like she's so fascinating because I don't actually think what she's doing is wrong. Like in the sense of like she's trying to do what's fair and like what's right, but obviously she's going about it in a way that's like not technically like supported I guess but when she starts crashing the Baroness's events it's just oh incredible like it's amazing because I, I when I was watching it, I would love to be there for the like yeah. for those to see her like just pop out yeah you'd be going to them for her not for the Baroness yeah because you'd be like oh she's gonna appear like she'll probably appear and like it's the bin the bin one for me like when she's like <laughs> comes out of a bin van and she's wearing this dress like made up of rubbish and it's so long as well isn't it like the drive mm. away it just kept going it. it was amazing yeah yeah so yeah I mean I'll, I'll let you have your thoughts and we can discuss because <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's so many things to say about her so what, yeah, what do you think I feel like we maybe have slightly different thoughts on it in terms of how we see her initially because I think mm. yes she's a bit like she I feel like Initially, Corella's brought out as like a tool, isn't she? Where it's like, yeah. I know what I can do. We can bring Corella yeah. out, and like she can kind of be there as like the disguise. Mm-hmm. Because I think what's important to note is that before that ball, she does like so many different appearances as Corella, doesn't she? We yeah. Have, like so many of the. Um... Sorry, after the ball. Yeah. Because we see her in the, in the gown first, don't we? When she's mm-hmm. Corella with the red dress. That was so funny with all the it men was. and the cane and the. The rat is the the dog is the rat. That was such <laughs> it was amazing. so much chaos, but I loved it. I yeah. thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, everyone's on board, everyone's got their plans and their jobs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and obviously she's working really hard in advance to that and we see yeah. that like um Jasper bringing a load of like cups of coffee and she's working like with mm. all this sewing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like, you know, then she, they they kidnap the dogs the next day. Mm. Um, because the dog eats the necklace because of course. <laughs> um but I, I just think, I think Cruella becomes a crutch. Mm. And I think she's not someone who really shows her emotions because I think she's, after after she kind of, that thing happened with her mum, she had that little cry on that date. She seems to mm. just shut down emotion-wise. Like, she's yeah. very, one of these people as well who uses, like, sarcasm and, like, yeah. jokes as a defence when she gets things wrong. So I think Cruella becomes a crutch and a shield because of how she's actually feeling. Because ultimately, she's found out that her mum... Like at this point, she doesn't know that her mum has been killed by the Baroness, does she? No. Yet. That's at the party she finds out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. How exactly does she find out? I can't remember now. Um. um because it's, it's, a, it's a huge twist. Like, I, I remember, like... Because she, she finds out at the party, doesn't she? Because she drives and then she gets out of the car. And yeah, she... yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she drives like a maniac, like, after the, after that. Yeah, that was so funny with the way, the way that was done as well. Because it looked yeah. like Cruella in the animation when she was driving with her shoulders. <laughs> yeah. That was so clever. It was, it was um, so good. Oh, it's, it's the whistle, isn't it? It's the whistle. Yes. When she calls the Dalmatians with the whistle. Yeah. yeah so... I she think we have to think that that's the moment she realises not only was she not responsible for her mum's death, yeah. but she's thought for the last, like, how many years. Yeah. 
she's also found that the woman she's been working with and been trusting and been mm. literally like handing her entire life to like idolizing her mom <laughs> yeah and not like an idolized for years yeah like has killed her mom um and so i think she doesn't know how to process that mm. i mean how would you you wouldn't know how well she's had no support in life no. to deal with that sort of thing no. so so i think the next morning i think you know she becomes cruella like it's funny when jasper's like why are you talking like that like the yeah. job's finished yeah that's funny but i think i think it's because she's it's a defense thing i think she, mm. you know, that's how she's coping like it's not okay to talk to your friends like that no. but i feel like it's not and I always think she was their leader in a sense. Like even when she like joined at the beginning, she always had like, leadership qualities. So I still feel like she's always kind of been the leader. She's always been like, like the planner, um, and just just because that seems to be in her nature. Yeah. Um, I just think when it kind of comes out later on, and she, I mean, <laughs> the whack in the cereal was a bit much. Mm-hmm. I thought like, this, this is a mess. But I think it's like a weird grief. Yeah. Well, because Jasper even says like, well, she, yeah, but she's like yeah. just found out about her mum, so like he excuses it. Yeah. But um, and then I think we end up in a really weird kind of phase, though, where she's then kind of struggling with who she is again. Yeah. Because for so many years, she she kind of subdued herself because she thought she killed her mom. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, that's not true. The woman that she thought she idolized turned out to be a murderer. Yeah. Um, her plan has also failed as well, and she doesn't have a necklace. She's still working for this woman, and in, within all of this, she's trying to discover who she is. Yeah. So I think. I think that maybe gives her a bit more leeway to be a bit snappier. Mm. Um, and Jasper and Harry should have spoken up for themselves a little bit more. I know they did a little bit, but yeah. they were just like, it was when, it was when Harry was like, um, how is this film? My cereal's on the floor. Uh, like, it was yeah, he's like, so my crispies are on the floor. Yeah. He's like, not very fun though, is it? <laughs> that was so funny. Um, so I think I, I, I kind of like let her off a little bit and I can kind of see how it was going. Mm. And I think it was all a facade. I think that's what it was, because especially you know, later on when she's um, sewing later on and um, Jasper brings like, a cup of tea and tries to talk to her and stuff. And yeah. like, you know, like, I miss Estella. And she's like, Estella was weak. And I think it's because she's mm. she's let herself be someone that she wasn't really yeah. for so long and I think she feels angry at herself for that she feels mm-hmm. angry at her, probably like you know the Baroness of the world at her situation and I think that just becomes so overwhelming for her that the only way she can cope is by just like shutting everyone else out because you don't really see her grieve no. after that after that initial like breakdown outside of the car yeah. she doesn't really have any more like moments of breakdown about no. it because she's so focused on her work so I think that's just that's her coping mechanism um, it doesn't make it right, and no. she shouldn't speak to people like that. But I think it's understandable with how much she's gone through. I I do agree, but I also think she shows a lot of parallels with the Baroness at this point for me because mm. as soon as she started being Cruella around her friends, mm. it reminded me of the way that the Baroness commands her like employees. And all that kind of stuff, which to be fair, she may have picked up on as well. Like she might incorporate that into her character because she knows it works. So for me, like I understood why she was acting the way she was, but I was still like, I I just wasn't happy that she was reacting that way because it wasn't nice. Um, And then it gets progressively worse and worse and worse the way she treats them as well. Obviously up until the point where she admits that she was yeah. wrong as well though like she kind of copied that behavior mm. she never had a parent figure or yeah a model. and i think the sad thing was the baroness became that for her yeah and um, she's never had you know obviously her mum dying so young she's yeah i had like anyone to learn off of how to behave how to be in power 
because obviously they don't they don't have bosses either, do they? Because they're thieves. And mm. um, so she's. I think it's definitely like learned behavior when they have that conversation about like wanting power. Yeah. I think in her head she's like, well, this is what I want and this is how I need to behave. I think there's definitely like a level of like maturity and growth that happens there because she's she's only seen one woman in her life have power. Yeah. She's been powerless her whole life. Her mum was powerless when she died. Yeah. She felt powerless at school. So I think she's just reached a point where she's like, do you know what? I'm going to just, I'm sick of everybody else mm. commanding my life. Um, again, I'm not saying that no one should treat their friends like that, but I, I think it's like, there's so many factors that come into that. And I think it's like when people kind of like shut down emotionally when mm. these things happen and they completely change. And I think that's what's happening to her is she doesn't know how to process all of these a million things happening at once. Yeah. So, and I also think if she were to be nice to her friends and her friends were to be nice back and comfort her, I think she'd break down completely. Yeah. And she would just not cope. So I think maybe that's, that's how I read into it anyway. I thought it was more just like if she stopped and thought about it. Yeah. It would all fall apart. Mm. Um, because as well, she's obviously getting paid for this job. It's her access into a labour, it's her access to network and recruitment and stuff. So, um I think it's a shame that she treated them that way. It did make for some funny scenes, though. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, to be fair, they could have said no. <laughs> and that's yeah. why I think at some point, yes, they were good friends, but also they were and they weren't at this point because a good friend would have been like, listen, this isn't healthy for you. Like, mm. I'm not doing it. Like, with the dogs. <laughs> but yeah. they just did it and I was like, guys, you don't need to do it. Like, it's, you don't want to take the dogs, you don't have to. Mm. Um, so I think there's definitely like an Im- an imbalance within it as well. Where yes, they want to make her happy, but was that the right thing for them to do as her friend? Was that mm. was kidnapping dogs and <laughs> and looking after the dogs the right thing to do? Um, like yes, they're a great friend, but sometimes as a great friend, you have to say the hard things. Yeah. As well, and I, to be honest, I think Horace was just too excited to uh, to just like you know eat or have, have <laughs> do something exciting. Um. So. Yeah, I, yes, it wasn't right, but I think I, I when I was watching it, I was like, I kind of get it, like, mm. because especially because it seems anyone she's been close to, her mum then died, and yeah. then the brownish was close to, and she's clearly a murderer. So mm. <laughs> I guess it would kind of make you question who you trust in life as well. Yeah, um, no, definitely, it would. Yeah. Yeah, and but I think you're right. She definitely learned that whole like using people vibe from the Baroness. Yeah, it works. Yeah, she's like well, let's give this a go, and then realizes it's not a very nice way to treat people. Mm. Um, especially when then because obviously eventually Horace and Boris, Horace and Boris, but I keep doing that. <laughs> Horace and Jasper um, do walk away, and are like, nah, like, well, I'm exactly. Not with this, yeah, which is what I think she needed because yeah, she, she was taking advantage of them definitely. Yeah, um, she was. I just wish that they'd been a bit more like. It took Jasper yeah. a while. To it like, did. I miss Estella. And I was like, also, not to be rude, Jasper Hunt, but it's not really about you. Like, that's not the way to approach us with her. You mm. need to be like, are you okay? Yeah, like, like <laughs> let's talk about what's happened. Because who, who saying, are you now? Because <laughs> saying I miss Estella isn't going to help you, hon. No. Like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But I thought she was, I thought as a character, I just thought she was so cool. I thought yeah. she was so complicated and in-depth mm-hmm. and just so interesting and I, I yeah. thought the whole vibe of movie like you're saying it's the moves to Cruella trying to figure out whether she's acting or that's who she actually is yeah was so good yeah um because I was like who is she I'm like who, <laughs> which one is the right one yeah um and like, yeah I love that like crafty glint she had and yeah I mean and, and those scenes with the dresses oh my oh. god the, the bin one was definitely my favorite that was my favorite when as it well. went just kept going and going and going yeah. it was incredible it was such a um, statement as well every time she appeared at those events it was a huge yeah. statement so and the one with the car i love that as well where oh, like, although yeah. i did keep thinking because obviously no one knew who she was but 
Yeah, with Horace and Daphne. Yeah, me too. Turned up in suits with yeah. Out and I was like, kind of gives the game away <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> which yeah. is obviously eventually what gets them caught as well. Yeah, she spots <laughs> them because <laughs> they're always there with their faces out. Like, here's me. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I thought she was a fab character, very interested. Yeah. Um, I think like very real and raw as well. I think definitely rather than being like, oh, well, my mum said that's okay. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I thought she was fab, but I agree that whole taking advantage of your friends thing, it's not right. But I also think it was an interesting message to to, to put across is that sometimes you can't always see what's right in front of you and who's there to yeah. support you. Yeah. Sometimes you think you've got no one, and actually you've got loads of people. You just can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I also think like she this is why we'll get onto this in a minute but <laughs> she's very clever and she's very witty yeah. but she's also combined with that she is quite psycho and quite mad so she's so interesting because yeah. whenever you look at what she's doing you can see that she's a genius for coming up with the idea and the concept but also she is a bit psychotic in the way that she executes things and her just her character like her personality see, I, I never saw her as psychotic really honestly i didn't she screamed it to me the whole time (laughs) i mean i think once she i mean after the whole like fire being burnt down like the house being burnt down and you know that's that that, when she realizes that the baroness is her mum, yeah and like i think then i was like okay (laughs) there's something going on here a bit more a bit because she's like her brain has been knocked all over the place before that i didn't i didn't see it as psychotic i just thought she was like determined and fixated mm. i think that it was just kind of like that grief coping mechanism because how do you cope with the fact that someone's killed your mom like yeah work with them and so I, and because at that point she wasn't talking about killing anybody she just wanted the necklace back mm. um and she might have been a bit eccentric i'd only say yeah. eccentric more than yeah would maybe be what i saw Mm-hmm. Um, and bold I think eccentric and bold yeah definitely bold I wasn't convinced that this that this whole like psycho element I wasn't convinced by that until later in the film um, mm. when she starts jumping off cliffs and stuff you know that fair enough <laughs> yeah 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 but I think in the run up to that I just saw it like a really broken woman mm. um, who didn't know how to cope with everything that, and, and and didn't know how to cope with the fact that her life wasn't where she wanted it to be and she had a she had that in her grasp she thought and then it wasn't true yeah um, and I think you know She's someone who's idealised this the Baroness for so long as like this perfection in in, in her life that's pretty rubbish in her yeah. hair. And then she finds out that's a mess as well and that's not true. Mm. So I, I think she's just she's she becomes so like bold because she realises that nobody else in the life is gonna help her. Yeah. She realises she is on it like on her own in the sense of like you can't always trust other people. No. Um, so yeah, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Just clearly, I have a, a, an affection for broken souls. Clearly, <laughs> because I, I I do appreciate like she's been through a lot. Mm. I do, but I think like, and I know you know that means you're gonna act in certain ways. And like I said, I don't think she is necessarily a villain. Um, but like I think obviously she could have done things differently, mm. but it wouldn't have had the same statements. So I understand why she did it. She had yeah. to make the statement she needed to do to, to achieve her goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as I loved her for that. I was also seeing what that what that was causing for other people yeah. and the impact it was having on others and so that to me I was like mm, yes you're achieving your goals yes you're getting somewhere mm-hmm. but at what cost other people so to me yeah. that's what stuck out yeah, um, yeah. so 
yeah and also yeah. because especially because they've been through stuff as well like it's not just because you've been through stuff and right. I know she's been through a lot I know she has very exceptional <laughs> like not really many stories like that but it doesn't mean that others haven't also been through a lot just because they're not talking yeah, about yeah that's it. true but I suppose these were like new revelations as well yeah so she kind of come yeah. to accept a lot of the stuff yeah and then she's like an adult and they're like oh by the way yeah your whole life's been a lie <laughs> yeah because she's she's put this whole personality around someone who she thought she thought yeah. she was a murderer and yeah. then she finds out that that's not true she's felt guilty for no reason for years yeah. and then she finds out the baroness is her mum <laughs> yeah and like that's been a lie as well it's, so, it's insane so like thing. so yes but i think and people often say that adults find things harder to deal with than kids anyway mm. because you're already like kind of setting your ways and setting your personality as well yeah it's true so so yes, they've obviously all been through stuff, but I think she obviously finds out many more things, mm. which then disrupts their like. Because she's by this point, they've got quite a nice life together. They're quite yeah, happy, yeah. Um, and then that's disrupted again. Um, and yeah, I just think she's she's got to the point where it's like thing after thing after thing, and she just can't cope anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just. But but you're right. You have to think about other people. Come on, like you know, you yeah. can't just think about yourself all the time. Um. Well, exactly. Success is nothing without others. Very That's... true, very true. But I suppose at the same time, if you think about like grief and grief periods, yeah. which is essentially what she's going through again, because she's actually grieves for her mum all over again. Yeah, so um, many times. Sometimes they they last for like a short period of time, and yeah. they're particularly like, nice with people, and then they're like, yes, I was. So I, I think if we see it more as like a grieving period, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it feels a bit like easier to accept yeah. her yeah. behaviour to an extent. Yeah, That's true. Um, so then kind of coming off that conversation, do you think Corella is truly a villain or is it more complicated than that? And I think we have to look at that in this film in particular. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people got confused where they were like, first of all, people were like, Emma Stone's too young to play Corella. It was like, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no. This is like right at the beginning, like right, right at the beginning when she's yeah. like 18. Yeah. <laughs> like 18, 19, isn't she in this film? Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, like you know, as the years, the years do go on. Yeah. Um, but that's how young she is in, in, in this film. So, it's, in my opinion, in this film, she hasn't reached that psychotic, manic mm. villain stage that we see in 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Um, so yeah. I think, but well, I think lots of people were expecting that. Yeah, um, I agree. So, so if we look at this film specifically, <laughs> do you think she really is the villain of the story, or do you think it's more complex? She's definitely not the villain of this story. Like, no. <laughs> definitely not. There's no way because if you compare her, which we will in a second, yeah, to Baroness. There's just no, there's no contrast, like, there's a massive contrast, there's no competition for who's the biggest villain in this film, but I also wouldn't call her a villain, because despite the fact, like I'm saying, she's she's psychotic, but being psychotic doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person, like, you can have that psychotic nature about you, and still not do horrific things, like others do, (laughs) so she's she's not a villain um, at this point, and obviously, like, in the animated We've not seen her at that point that she is in no. the animated film. We've not seen her anywhere near that because she's not skinning dogs no. out of her coat. You know, none of that's going on. So she's not a villain. She's such a complicated character, though, because she's she doesn't actually do a lot of things wrong in terms of, like, bad things because she doesn't kill people. No. Like, she doesn't actually cause harm to people obviously she does emotionally a little bit to her friends but like she doesn't actually do anything apart from you know um interrupts major events and screw the baroness over but rightly so like she's trying to do that whole thing where she's like well this is wrong 
And so also, because it. and the Baroness, as we learn, her success isn't even her success. No, it's not. She's a, she's a fraud. <laughs> she's ripping off other people's designs yeah. as her own. And then, as we'll discuss in a second, she only celebrates it as her success. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> she's like, I am a genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't think she's a villain at this point. I'm no. interested, though, because I know they've announced there will be a sequel yes. to this. So I'm now interested to see, will she get to the point that we see her in animated mm. film or which i think i'd find more interesting will they take her down a different avenue where she's yeah. still this cruella but different she has different priorities or something different about it that's what i'd be more interested in personally um yeah. so yeah i don't think she's a villain but she's yeah. such a complex character yeah she's so but she's so fascinating we could talk about her for the whole episode I know. <laughs> yeah she yeah i agree i think she's so deep and there's so many different things going on in her head yeah she, she's incredible to talk about because yeah. it's, there's so many different layers of her um, and I, I love as well that they did this whole like it was like the the whole dalmatian coat thing yeah it was a rumor and i thought that was so clever because i think again it's this idea of like how people perceive you is so often wrong because yeah it's based on misinformation like assumption and all that kind mm. of fact that people judge her based yeah. on that initial rumor um, but it's not true and I love that that was so funny you know when she goes in to see Artie and he's like yeah she's like no <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. funny um, I and, I, and I think like yes she yes she has moments where she you know will obviously bring like Jasper and, and yeah. Horace down but I also think like with Jasper it feels like it's more complicated because I definitely think he has feelings for her oh yeah I agree that seems I think that's also more complicated because if you notice Horace doesn't seem as bothered no as Jasper, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm going to yeah. watch football and it's, I eat crisps yeah. and it's fine. Um, he's still a bit like, it's not very nice, but yeah. hey ho. Whereas Jasper is very affected by yeah. it. And I think that is because he clearly has feelings for her. Yeah. Um, and so I think that plays into it as well. In mm. the fact that we've all, we've all been there. And someone we like doesn't give us the time of day. And we, mm. we feel like it's the worst thing in the world. So yeah. I think in that sense, it's probably, he's probably feeling things really deep as well. Because yeah he feels for her in a very specific way. I think she probably does for him too. Yeah. I think she reaches a point in her life where she hasn't got time for that. that yeah. She's too it's not her priority. By too many other emotions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so while she does do that, I think she also raises a lot of other people up. Like, mm. you know, like Artie, for example, obviously in that fashion shop and how she just embraces him for who he is. Yeah. So in that, that's at amazing. That point, he's, he's considered probably like an outsider, if you like. Um, yeah. She doesn't question that once. No. Um, she definitely like does raise other people up at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think she's definitely not a villain because she actually, what she does isn't out of, like isn't out of a drive for her own success all the time because Aww. like obviously it's based on revenge in yeah. idea. Yeah. And even though she wants her own fashion label and she wants to make a statement, it's in it's to basically bring the Baroness down as well because she's yeah. a Baroness person. Um, and so I feel like that combined with the fact that she does bring so she does bring people up, she tries to empower people at the same yeah. time. Um, she's and and the fact that it's not it's not out of a malice to hurt people, I think that's the difference. I think when you look at villains, their intention is to cause harm to yeah. people, usually who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I know we're using Avengers. Um, we're going to use like an Avengers reference here. Um, so if you haven't seen Avengers and you don't want spoilers, <laughs> skip forward like thirty seconds. But like we look at like Thanos, for example, yeah, and the fact that even though he thinks his like world destruction is justified, mm. his aim is to cause harm to people that he doesn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> like 
Whereas there's no like no reason really. That's what makes he's a he's another villain that's very complicated. Yes. That's what makes him a villain is because his aim his aim is to cause harm and pain and wipe people out. Yeah. The Baroness's aim is to have her success at the expense of Of others, yeah. Cruella doesn't do that. She's doing it because she thinks it's kind of like on a parallel. Like yes, there's that Mm -hmm. element of success at the same time and kind of getting, getting what she wants. But the driving force behind it is the injustice of the fact that yeah. the Baroness is a terrible person who has got all this success that she doesn't deserve. Yeah, That's the driving force. So I think that motive is enough to not make her a villain because yeah. it's not like she's doing it to... Just because. <laughs> yeah, just because why not? <laughs> um, whereas I think then when we... And she doesn't... She feels emotion. She feels it deeply. We see it when she talks to, like, mm. you know, like, you know, on, on the rooftop when she's talking oh, yeah. to Jasper later on. I love that conversation. Me too. Um, My favourite part. And, uh, yeah, it's lovely. Um, but she has parts of Estella are still very much there, even though Corella is now the dominant one. Yeah. Estella and her feelings and her emotions are very much there. When yeah. they have their little chats, when she kind of talks to the dogs, like, when she's chatting to Artie, when she's with Anita, like, her. Even when, even then, she she's she's trying to get something for herself, but she's also oh. like, I need this can help you as well. Yeah, so it's never like do this now or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's always a two way street with her. Um, apart from with her friends at times, but yeah. even then, I think she thinks I think she thinks she's helping them because like she buys them an Indian takeaway. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all good. <laughs> I joke, I joke. But I, I think <laughs> I think that shows that she doesn't. She thinks she's doing that success for all of them as well. Yeah. I think she thinks yeah. that by being it's successful. A they don't have to be thieves anymore and yeah. they can have that success together. I yeah. think she sees them more... I think the problem is she sees them as a group and just assumes that they're on board with what she's with doing. With anything she wants. Yeah, yeah. rather than yeah. thinking, actually, like, you haven't really asked them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not villainous. That's just a bit insensitive. <laughs> and it's how she's grown up. Yeah, and well. it's it's a maturity thing as well. I and mean, we all go through things like friendships where we have to, like, learn, you know, that... You know, you're not the centre of attention. Yeah. Everyone's, in everyone's head, they're the lead character of their own story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a growing up thing there as well. Yeah. Um, but I, she's definitely not a villain. And I, I think the, when you flip it on the Baroness, like to the Baroness, and the fact that she literally has her own child killed because she doesn't want to not be the centre of attention, that's a villain. Because again, yeah. it's me, 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 me. Yeah. Whereas Cruella's isn't like that. I think a lot of it, again, is for her mum. Like, even then when she goes and speaks to her mum later on, like at the fountain, and she's like, yeah. You know, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I need to, like, you might not be happy about it, but, like, you know, this is what I'm doing because it's the right yeah. thing to do. Um, but obviously at that point, I still struggle with the whole, like, I'm born a little bit mad thing. Like, I just, I think that this film presents an interesting vibe between mad and bold mm. and mad and confident or psychotic and yeah. unique. I think it's a weird vibe on it and the fact that anyone who's kind of different or unique is suddenly seen as, like, I mean, it's because she's bold and loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is she psychotic? I wouldn't say. I just say she's clever. I think even that with the ball at the end, you know, when she dresses them all up and they work. Mm. That's not. Mm. It's not like she sent everyone dressed in her blood. Do you know no. what I mean? Like, so I don't really see where that, how that comes in, strongly. I think it's coming, mm. <laughs> but I don't think it's the dominant part of her character. This. I just think she's very cunning and very clever. I just mm. that's and very influential. I think she's the kind of person that could lead people anywhere, yeah. and people would yeah. follow her. Um, I don't necessarily think that's psychotic, um, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just clearly like too accepting. Um, <laughs> I think she's a bit sensitive, and I think she's a bit like she can be a bit selfish. Yeah. But I, I think when we think about psychotic, 
people do things like for no reason or people mm. like you know lose it for no reason she doesn't do that everything she does is very calculated and very mm. thought out um so yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not entirely sure that she's that it's not that she's psychotic or mad i think it's for me it's that she's bold mm. calculate like clever and confident in what she does instead and, yeah. and just and a bit outlandish yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah, that's that's just that's, that was my take on it. When she, when she had that little that little speech to her mom and was like, "I'm born like mad and a little bit bad." Yeah, like, are you though? Because she doesn't kill anyone like in the thing. Like, no. I know she jokes about it. Yeah, but, but again, I think it's all a facade. I think it's like because by saying that she's mad and and and, and whatever, it's almost as if she's got this protection and the fact that no one can kind of touch her emotions. Yeah, so I, I just think the whole thing's a big facade, which is why I'm also interested in number two. Yeah, I'm like, where is it going to go? Because if this exactly. whole like, puppy skinning thing is obviously a rumor, and she loves dogs. We see that she loves dogs. Yeah, I'm like, is it going to be like a Maleficent flip where we see that she's actually helping the dogs and well, like Anita and Roger actually neglecting the dogs? Like, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, I hope it's not following just the original like i want it to be more interesting than that but i'd also be interested to see how she went from this yes to yeah. a level of not caring yeah um, you, like crossing that boundary like what would make her cross that boundary yeah yeah like what what goes from At someone who point. wants to be a fashion designer to someone who wants to steal dogs like especially when you think she's been through the worst now so what what else well exactly yeah so i I'm I'm so excited that they've announced the second one because I think yeah. that's going to be really intriguing to see where she goes now because obviously mm-hmm. that initial origin story of the Baroness is sorted now and I think now yeah. we can start to see who she really is yeah. when she's given the chance to be her yeah. without any kind of revenge, without any kind of mother's guilt on her conscience. Like, who is she? Yeah, when she's, she's free. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was quite a long answer. I think but I think, <laughs> I mean, she is the main character. So, well, yeah, you know. she deserves time. <laughs> she does, she does. And she's so complicated. She is. Um, yeah. yeah. But overall, she's a fantastic character. Yeah. She definitely has her flaws. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But, but also Emma Stone. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I mean, just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Like the, that you were saying, the way that she switches between Estella and Cruella <sighs> and the fact that they're so different yet so similar. I just... Yeah. Like, Amazing. So good. So yeah. good. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> now we'll move on to discuss the Baroness's character, who we've briefly touched on. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible not. not to mention her. Yeah. So her character, as we've said, definitely plays a key role in Estella's transformation into Cruella. A very key role. Um, yes. Some may say she is the trigger. <laughs> yes, and actually, a key is actually part of that. Like a oh, physical look at key. You being Ooh. all like metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what were your thoughts on her character? And obviously alongside that, what were the standout moments with her for you in the film? I thought she was so intriguing and I thought they were so clever with her because I think people have said that she um, like exudes this um, Miranda... What's her name? Miranda something from uh, Meryl Streep's character in Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. she kind of oozes that vibe at the mm. beginning where you're like, okay, like we know who his character is, like a classic, like fashion designer who's like very like, um, like harsh and whatever. Yeah. But as it goes on and we see the way that she treats people, like she treats people deliberately badly yeah. and treats them as if they're nothing to her. Like yeah. when she flings that chair at someone and goes, you're oh in my, my way. Oh my, like you were in the way. Oh, it was oh. so funny. But it was yeah. also like, how can you behave that yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought they were really clever in taking like, a character that we thought we would kind of be like, yeah, this is a general stereotype, 
on a very very dark path <laughs> um and mm-hmm. when she when, when she's like about to set like to basically kill estella and she's like Estella's like you tell my mom and she's like you're nothing more specific and i just oh that just, was... it's so like blank faced yeah she was a villain yeah. and she was like and we don't, we don't even know what her excuse was no um I feel like we need another backstory. We do. Her. I was thinking, why like, is I she like this? To see her childhood and what yeah. that was like. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Um, so, so yeah, I think she's very much the villain um, mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think she's an interesting character because she's clearly got to where she is through. I don't know dedication. I wouldn't say hard work because it was like, the, the Baron had all this money and she just well, to, yeah, and you know she's still the people's designs. So she's got this element of like you know false, yeah achievement and people mm. who take advantage of other people and how that's never right um and the fact that she sees herself as superior mm. like that's the thing i don't think i don't think estella ever sees herself as superior i think she sees herself as a leader yeah. and with the ideas but i don't think she ever thinks she's superior i think she just thinks that she's undervalued yeah like, like in, when she goes and works for the cleaner she doesn't think she's above being a queen. No, like, no. I can, I'm a better value, like, somewhere else. She doesn't kick off, like, day no. one. So. Like, and when she goes to work the Baroness, she doesn't walk in and go, I must run this show. No, She no. slots into line and is, like, yeah. part she's of the still crowd. grounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's also quite a big difference between them, I think, is that the Baroness thinks she's naturally superior um, yeah. to other people um, and treats everyone horrifically. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasant at all. Um, no, it's really not. No. Um, <laughs> And has to be has to be the center of of attention. Has to be the center of the show. Like for what as well? Like she just likes the attention. Um, well, yeah, she doesn't even seem happy, does she? She's no, she doesn't. That's what's so bizarre. She got all this. She's never happy. Um, and like you said before, she takes all that credit. I mean, that was that scene oh. when she comes in and reads the newspaper and she goes, "A triumph." I mean, let's all celebrate this for just a moment. And then <laughs> she's like, "That's enough of that now." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And when the when the guy sneezed oh, when she was reading, <laughs> that set me off. <laughs> but I think I mean she's really not a likable character no. at all. No, but Emma Thompson played her phenomenally. Oh, amazing. Like, you just you love to hate her as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. So definitely great character, but a terrible person. Um, she literally asked her butler to kill her baby because she wasn't paying <sighs> attention. I don't know how you can come back Unbelievable. No. No, but it's not even like... She doesn't ever feel any remorse for anything she's ever done. No. She's, she's psychotic. Yeah, she is. Me, because I, and I think that's probably why I don't see it as much in Coella, because when you mm. put them together, yeah. I think for me it's the fact that, like, she feels no remorse, no guilt, no qualms of killing no. someone. It's instant she's decision. She's selfish. Yeah. As, as selfish as it gets, she yeah. is. And, she, and she'll make those split decisions to kill someone in that moment. Yeah. And I think that's scary when someone yeah. can ha- doesn't think even about human life in that way or yeah. she will like, just, like, just, like, remove someone instantly because they've got the same dress as her or this colour. That to me is that kind of psychotic nature of like, I must be centre stage no matter what. Yeah, whatever it takes. No boundaries, no limits. For me, that's scary. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, that's excellent. Me. <laughs> that's uh, how about you what do you think yeah i completely agree like there's no denying she is the villain of this story yeah she's absolutely insane the yeah. thing is like i i love her in the sense that i love how emma thompson portrays her like 
it's she's just sure. incredible yeah because I, I, I loved all of her scenes because she has lines like why am I the only one that's competent I like that was, one, that, that just... was my life that was, <laughs> she was like why am I the only person that ever seems to be competent literally and like she calls people imbeciles all the time yeah. and I'm just like she it's... commands that screen yeah like, without she does she 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 doesn't need to say anything, and you're no. watching her rather than anybody else. She's got so much presence, it's incredible. Yeah, but for me, it's like the moments where she... So she, her and um, Stella um, go out for drinks because, like, the oh, celebration yeah. success of, like, the design that Stella's made, and the waiter, like, can't get the cork out of the bottle. Oh, my God, so that then was so funny. she takes... <laughs> the Baroness is like, for goodness sake, and then she just, like, takes it out of his hand gets the cork out but it pops into his face that was so funny and it looks like it really hurts that and she doesn't even impact. care she just pours no. a drink but then that's you're right because like Estella she jumps she's like oh yeah like, like that's not okay whereas Baroness not phased doesn't care about that at all and well she, yeah if you think by comparison like when Corella goes in to buy the Indian takeaway for example yeah. she's really nice to that guy yeah she is yeah <laughs> whereas it would be very easy for her to walk in with her cane and be like I want all the Indian yeah. takeaways like right now like she's not She's not naturally horrible to everyone no, she meets. It's no. just, it's, it's a different ballpark. Definitely, yeah. And the other one is when, like, this isn't when she's nasty, but, like, an example that she's just a pure bad person. Yeah. It's when she just ditches her lunchbox out the window, like, of the car. Yeah, I remember thinking this as well. I was like, you're just a horrible human being, aren't you? Yeah, you're just horrible in every single way. And when, oh, my goodness, when she fires Roger, I can't. She's like, I was waiting for a silence. Oh, the so silence funny. has happened. You're fired. <laughs> she's like, I was waiting. She's like, shut up so I can fire you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're fired. And it's just. It's the, oh, and then like, then she stops the car and he gets out. I'll be honest, it took me too long to realize Roger was Roger from the film. Oh, uh, yeah. I was slow up on, on the uptake with that one as well. Like, Anita was more obvious. Yeah. We knew that she was her friend, like, from the yeah, animation. Yeah, yeah. And that. But yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, piano. I was like, yeah, I was like, ah, this makes sense now. <laughs> we yeah. know he plays the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I'm so that. glad that you got onto that no, box. I, I was like, you just don't care about anyone but yourself, do you? You are a careless person. Yeah. So, oh, she's just like, like you were saying, like, how can you ask your butler to essentially kill your child, especially when your husband, like, yeah. he was clearly desperate for her because obviously we know, like, he passes away. Yeah. Like, he, it's not exactly, like, told, like, explicitly, like, but it's, like, implicit that it's from the fact, like, the trauma yeah. of the fact. The Baroness that, probably killed him. Well, probably. Probably poisoned him or something. But she just has no regard for anyone else's feelings no. in the slightest. But the weird thing to me, and which is why she's so complicated and interesting, is that what and what gain is it to her? She's never happy about anything. That's what's so weird, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Like, she never seems to get any satisfaction out of that either. So what's the point of it all? That's my question, is why is she the way she is? Which is why we need another story. We do. Because she just doesn't seem happy when she has successful designs that she well she rips them off because they're not hers but mm-hmm. even so like she can obviously celebrate that and when she does celebrate things it's not proper like there's no actual like joy no. in anything she does so no. that's why she's so fascinating because you know sometimes villains you can see the joy on their face when they're killing people they're doing yeah, these nasty yeah. things you can see that they absolutely love it and they live for doing that to people but with the baroness like 
you're like what is your goal like what is actually happening with you because you just you don't seem to be doing this for any reason like you're not happy so yeah, yeah. she only seems to be happy when she enters a room full of people that are all staring at her yeah but even That's, then it's yeah. short-lived yeah like so yeah she's fascinating she's a narcissist isn't she so she is yeah. she is definitely a narcissist and i just think as well like she has no redeeming qualities <laughs> there's no. nothing like can you think of anything about her that i mean i suppose she takes i can think of one okay i can always see the positives <laughs> she does take a chance on estella when she goes in for her own gain let me finish <laughs> like yes but she's never met the girl before properly yeah that's true she just recognizes raw talent and yeah she does give an her eye. opportunity like to come into her fashion label she didn't need to do that she already no. had them. yes it is for personal gain because mm. she wants the best people but the girl is literally dripping in dirt yeah on the and floor I, yeah Get and, arrested. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that looks like a headache <laughs> yeah um, so she does kind of come in and make and make an effort to see who's done that. Yes, she wants it for her own self, but I think, yeah. you know, that element of taking a chance on someone, grubby girl, as she was called, yes. perhaps is a potential, I don't know, maybe a nice side, like a nice a, slight, a slight tiny redeeming slice quality. in a huge pie of bad things, sure. Yes. <laughs> um, but at least she does kind of give her a chance because, yeah. it, and, and it's, which is interesting because I think it's it's more redeeming when you look at her the, the reaction of her aides because her aides and her assistants are like absolutely not like we know what yeah. you're doing so yeah because of how like low class she is how gross she looks at that point so it's clearly not a thing she does often where she just yeah. gives cards out to people because it's quite clear that Stella stands out when she gets there like yeah. they're not all of like her like level and class and stuff so I think she definitely takes a chance on this girl who's about to be arrested and literally invites her to be part of her pretty prestigious company yeah um, when her assistants are like are you sure yeah <laughs> so I suppose there's one I tiny suppose. little redeeming quality definitely outweighed by all the bad stuff yes yeah but I suppose that's maybe one um yeah also you know I think he's called Jeffrey or something the guy that actually oh, like yeah. gives Cruella the um <laughs> the card to oh, say that like she's that been hired. That was so funny. He is such a move throughout the whole thing. He looks yeah. terrified. Yeah. Every single time you see him, he's terrified. He's flailing around. He's either panicking. terrified or disgusting. It's one yeah. Or the other. <laughs> it's amazing. So he's also he's also great. Just had to mention him because I thought he was so funny. Very. And true. that emphasised how terrifying she is to work for as well. So clearly you can tell people yeah. are scared of her. Like everyone's scared of her. But because they're obviously happy that they've actually got this job, yeah. they're not willing to actually stand up to her. Very true. So, so yeah. Um, I feel like, again, we could talk about her for a whole episode yeah. as well. She just She's evil. She is. She is definitely evil. Um, and I think we both agreed that she's definitely a villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no way you can say she's not. Um, I mean, sure, if you guys think that there is more redeeming qualities, let us know. Yeah, I mean... But, scrape uh, in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. On that note, we'll move on to Disney Fun Facts number three. So, Glenn Close, who portrayed Cruella in the previous live-action adaptations, served as an executive producer alongside Emma Stone for Cruella. That's, That's awesome. really cool. That's really cool. Like, both Cruellas like were part of production as well as you know emma was in it like i just think that's yeah. really it's a nice touch as well 
I think they weren't they kind of looking at trying to have her as in as a cameo or something. I think that's what they were trying to do. Ah, uh, makes There's sense. There's been talk. People have kind of suggested that like in the next film, if like it would be quite cool. I mean, I'm not on board with this because I love. I think Emma Stone's perception is great. Yeah. Um, but people are saying if like Glenn Close came in and did like the old bit, like Corella, mm. and then have like flashbacks with Emma in it, that'd right. be quite interesting. But I'm like, no, we need to. I'd rather Stone. just see Emma Stone. Yeah. So's Glenn. She's um, just so interesting. Yeah, she is. She is. But, alas, they are not the only two characters in the they film. They are not, oh no. So, <laughs> there's more. Um, so, okay, we'll move on to Horace and Jasper then, because uh, obviously I've been quite defensive of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we can't discuss the film's characters without mentioning this iconic duo, because they are really integral to Estella and Cruella's story, yeah. and they bring a lot to the film. They're not just there for comedic value to bulk it out. Like, they actually bring a yeah. lot to the story. So what did you think of them? I thought they were great. I thought their whole vibe was, was fab. I also loved um, the way that this, this is like a wider comment, but the way that the film was cast kind of like colourblind. Yeah. Um, because yeah. obviously in the first film, as far as I can remember, everyone was basically white. Yes. Um, yeah. And obviously we have Jasper is is not a white, he's not white, Anita's not no. white, Roger's not white. Um, yeah. That's like, like the main canon characters, if you like, from the first mm. film. So um, first of all, I thought we had to mention that because that was fun. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to kind of see that those main roles, if you like, um, could be given to anyone regardless of their, their skin colour because they were talented. Yeah. So I, was, I really appreciated that. Um, I just I I thought they were hilarious and I, and I loved them as as kids. Yeah. Um, although I will say because I thought the younger Stella was such a good actress. Oh I yeah. Think, I don't think the young Jasper was quite as good. Bless no. him. He did try, but <laughs> he wasn't great. It was a bit awkward. <laughs> When I watch, I see this film twice now, and when I watched it the first time, I didn't notice it. But when I watched it the second time, I was actually he's quite awkward. Like yeah. to watch, he was quite funny. Um, but older Jasper, oh gosh, like <sighs> he's just so kind mm-hmm. and thoughtful and lovely and just yeah, but a lovely, lovely, lovely person. It's really yeah. sad that his life led him to be a thief. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I loved him. I thought he was so selfless, um, and very thoughtful and, and, and like quietly like wise yeah <laughs> as definitely. well which is really nice mm-hmm. um i wanted to see more more of him to be fair like i know he was in it but i wanted to just like see more just because he was so like such a great character yeah um, i wish he'd just spoken up for himself more i was like mm. jasper you deserve more uh, like i know he tried but like he only really mentioned that to well like once or twice when he kind of was it to like horace a lot more and i was yeah. like speak up for yourself <laughs> um but I did think, I thought they were fab. I thought as a friend, he was great. And I love right at the beginning when he was like, when Horace was like, I'm not having a girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, she needs to leave. Um, yeah. And I loved how he was always so impressed by her. Like, yeah. even, like, even when she finds them at the beginning and she's like, does it look like, does it look like we've lost her? Um, yeah. And how he was like, so sensitive to like her mom. He's very attuned to people's emotions. Yeah. Um, and... Like, I just love how in awe he is of her. I think it's so cute. It is. Um, it's really nice. Even when she's Cruella, and like, there's that scene, oh, one of my, just that incredible scene where they have, like, the fashion show mm. by the fountain in the red light. <sighs> As he's playing the guitar, you can see that it's, like, a concern on his face. So he's not even yeah. angry. It's a concern for her yeah. and whether she's okay. And I just think that, that that level of loyalty, and I think, obviously, it's a bit of attraction there as well. Um, mm. But I think that level of loyalty is just so admirable. It's lovely it to is. kind of see. Um, and it was nice to see a relationship on screen between a man and a woman that 
wasn't instantly sexualized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, like they were best friends, and yes, we, you know, you can kind of read into maybe undercurrent emotions, but it wasn't like, hey, let's sleep together. Yeah. <laughs> because we're, we both live in the same, like, flat. Maybe they did, and we didn't see it, but. Yeah, it, but it, they didn't it, show it wasn't. That. No. <laughs> we've been a bit awkward with Horace on the couch, to be Imagine. fair. Um, <laughs> um, but I loved how that wasn't like the instant go to. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah. was nice. A nice presentation of their relationship. Um, mm. And then Horace was like, Phil oh. Mitchell on steroids. I thought he was so <laughs> funny. Like, initially I thought he was going to be annoying, but actually yeah. he was so funny. Oh. Um, his one-liners, like, it was it was funny. There was the odd time where I thought it was a bit much, like, I think, at, like, at the funeral when he was, like, sobbing. Oh, then, yeah. I thought Jasper was funny when he was like, she's not really dead, mate. Like, what you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bit much. I was like, he knows she's not dead. Why is he crying? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. But... I thought he was so funny. I love like his whole like angle side of it, and also how loyal he was to both of them. Yeah. Um, I thought he was cool. I was I prefer Jasper. I think obviously yeah. I think Jasper's the more developed character, um, because I feel like Horace is definitely in there for a bit more of like comedy value. Yeah. Um, I agree. So that's why they work so well together because they, yeah, they have those nice blends. Um. So so yeah, and I think you're right. They're definitely integral to her story, and she couldn't have achieved what she wanted to achieve without them. No. Um. They're very committed. Although I did keep thinking about the Dalmatians. I was like, how long are these Dalmatians going to take to poo? Like, I Oh, I know. I was getting stre- stressed out about that. I was like, they definitely would have pooed before that. Yeah. It was I was so like, this isn't going to work. This dynamic <laughs> and this tiny, like, build it. I was like, it's no, not going to work. No. Um, <laughs> Chaos. But yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I loved them. And I think you were right before. I think, you know, they were treated not particularly nice. Mm. Um, and I liked that eventually they were like, although, to be fair, when she literally like, drove the bin van into the police station to rescue them, then they're like, "Now nah, we're okay, thanks." And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, you did think she was dead, and she hasn't yeah. rescued them from the police station." They were like, "We'll walk." I was like, "Um, <laughs> like I think you need to have a chat, you need to have a conversation because yeah. she was dead ten minutes ago." Um, but suddenly they just had enough. They were just like, "Yeah, I'm so done with all of these shenanigans. I just want to go and have a beer." <laughs> yeah, they were um, just done. Like. But I love that even then when they came and like they listened to her, yeah. and even then they were like, no, that's great, but you know, we're off, but we're not on board with this. Yeah. They stood up for themselves, I was like, yes, guys. Mm. And then when she was like, apologised, they were willing to forgive her and yeah. kind of move on, which I thought was really admirable as well. So they yeah. were great characters. Um, I hope we don't kind of see it to the point in the animated movie where she literally treats them like dogs. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, like... I hope that doesn't happen because i really that's like, horrible particularly here in jasper i think and I, I need to see that stay the way it is yeah but that's me i think i think Definitely. you really liked them what do you yeah, think i, I loved them because like the thing is obviously cruella and the baroness are just incredible and i love them so much but like i don't know what it was like, i think because i had such low expectations for these characters horace and jasper mm, true, yeah, yeah. because of the animated film I, oh they're just so annoying because they so they're just annoying. bumbling idiots and i just that they are incompetent and they are imbeciles like (laughs) obviously she treats them so badly in that film but like they're just not interesting to me in that film they're just there like if I was here I was like they've got actual personalities they're great friends they're actually really important to the story they're not just there Mm -hmm. like to do her bidding for her like not as much anyway Mm -hmm. um so I just thought they were it was just nice that they actually got a story and like a personality um, I thought that was really nice to see. And it was unexpected, like I said. I yeah. didn't expect them to be like this. I agree. I kind of forgot about them being in the film. Yeah. I just would forget that, like, because 
that they were just a henchman yeah that they're just there as like a joke like for you to laugh yeah. at because you're like oh wow look at those two like how competent like because obviously when she gets the puppies they're supposed to be looking after them mm-hmm. and like they let them slip and yeah they just like end up whacking each other I think like to yeah, try and like yeah. whack the puppies so like they're just yeah they weren't interesting in that film but in this every time they're on screen I was laughing um because their their dynamic works so well because you've got Horace who is obviously slightly like more naive um he's also yeah. like obviously not as intelligent as Jasper as well mm-hmm. he doesn't think of the world in the same way but then you've got Jasper who is a very kind person yeah. he's a really good friend and he is wise I think when you said earlier that he's got a wisdom to him he definitely mm-hmm. has um because even though they are thieves like they show qualities to do so many other things like you can see that they've got skills you can see where their brains are at with things like Mm -hmm. the the way they do things so yeah I want to see what happens with them next because it'll be interesting to see like what direction they go in and like you said I I don't want it to go to the point where she's just horrible to them and she treats them like dogs because that's just awful especially in a live action context it's even worse it's a bit different isn't it to a cartoon yeah they just be watching someone abuse their friends and we're yeah, not for that. No, definitely not. So I just love how loyal they are to each other. And yeah. like I said before, they they have nothing, but they have each other and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important um, that they appreciate that they've got each other. Like yeah. they don't have amazing jobs. They don't have an amazing place to live. Um, and like when they celebrate Estella's birthday, they go and oh. steal a cake. Um, so funny. So like, yeah. <laughs> So like that's nice because they're not complaining about their life they're just grateful for what they actually do have so I think they provide a very good perspective mm-hmm. and make you kind of think and also gives more context to Estella's way of life as well and her yeah. background so yeah I just think they were so funny but they weren't just there for comedy and that's what I like I hate it when someone's there just for comedy yeah. like I need a, an actual character so yeah I just thought they were amazing. So, yes. <laughs> so, moving on to Anita and Roger. Yes. Because obviously they're important because they are yeah. in 101 Dalmatians. So, we, we can't forget to mention them because they're the owners of Pongo and Pedita. They are. And we now see their backstory and see how they know Cruella. More specifically with Roger, I think. Because I think Anita, we know a bit that they were friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what did you think of this representation of them? I thought it was really cool. I thought it was nice to see them in like a younger sense and obviously yeah. how they've met and that they both knew Cruella before they knew each other was quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it took me a while to click on to Roger. Yeah. <laughs> it was when, he was, when she was like, Roger always blamed me for getting him fired. And I was like, how would you know that? I was like, because you don't seem particularly close. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, I, thought they were, I thought Anita was the more, was the more interesting one because we seen yeah, more of her. Definitely. Um, I loved her like little like, Hun inside, and when she's like lying to the Baroness, and like her, like she had like a nice mischievous side, yeah. which I really like. I like that we got to, I hope that kind of carries on in like the next films. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was well cute. Um, and she, I loved how confident she was as well. Yeah. Um, I thought she, she was fab. Um, I don't really have a lot to say on it because they weren't, they weren't in it a lot. They, again, they were yeah. kind of used to either compliment Corella or the Baroness. Yeah. And then show off elements of their character. So I think it will be nice in, in the sequel to see more of them. Yeah. Um, and see more of, of like their stories and then obviously how they meet, etc. Um because obviously in the 
animation we see that they meet when they walk their dogs yeah <laughs> um, so that'll be really cute to see i think um so yeah no i thought i thought they were fab i thought it was really interesting to see like that they had careers and stuff beforehand and, mm-hmm. um, and that he's a bit more bumbling and i think it makes more sense as to why cruella sees him the way that she sees yeah. him yeah obviously in in the animation you're just a bit like what's wrong with him but mm-hmm. actually watching this now he's a bit bumbling fool yeah yeah <laughs> um, so you know you can kind of see it a bit more um I just wish we'd seen a bit more. Yeah. I wish we'd had more conversations between Anita and Cruella. It felt more like a silent partnership. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to have seen a bit more between them. Mm. Um, because, yeah, it felt more like it was like, I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine, but no one really talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so it was a bit of a shame that we didn't see as much of that. Yeah. Um, because they were, she clearly values her because she sends her a, a puppy. So Yeah, exactly. There's clearly a more of a relationship there than we saw. Mm. Um, so I thought it was good, but I I could have done with more. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially because with the whole like puppy thing towards the end, I was mm. like, this indicates that you like are more involved with them than you let on. Yeah. So I thought it was a really cute, like homage to the. Yeah. I thought it was really cute, but then like you actually sit and think about it, it's like, wait a second, why would you be sending these people dogs? <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Particularly Roger. Yeah, I mean, like... it makes more sense. But with Roger, I was like, did you? Even... I think you met him like once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, th- I thought there was a nice introduction. I thought it was a clever way to introduce them, and I feel like they weren't kind of shoved in your face either. Yeah. It was a nice way of it to be done, where it was about Cruella, not about them. Mm. But it was a nice, like, sort of hint to the original film. So I thought it was nice, but I would have, particularly with Anita, I would have liked a bit more yeah. um, conversation, but it's fine. I'll make do with what I have. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah, I feel the same. I think the thing for me that I would have liked to see the most was seeing Anita and uh, well, Estella at school more together because we yeah. only saw that one thing that one exchange between yeah. them so for them to have been such good friends like obviously Anita recognizes her like straight away so like I wanted to see yeah. them interact more and see what Anita actually made of Estella when she was having these fights and everything and like what she the way yeah. she'd speak to her and like what, did she try and like tone her down or did she encourage what she was doing yeah. I want to know these things because clearly Estella slash gorilla respects Anita enough like exactly. you said to go and like go and find her and ask her for help and it's then a I'll... partnership isn't exactly it? yeah because she gets good things out of it because obviously it goes in the paper that she's working on yeah so like it clearly she's interested in helping her and she sees her as a friend still so I just yeah. want to see more of where that friendship came from because we don't actually get to see a lot of it it's yeah. just kind of like Anita's name is mentioned they have an exchange and that's it so yeah especially because like when um, Corella was like, like you know, I didn't like anyone like except for her, and like she's saying yeah. being hit by a ball and stuff like that. So they're clearly really good friends. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we'd seen a bit more of that. Yeah, especially because Anita's like, I I remember now that you've got a bit of an extreme side. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. why can we not have seen that with Anita in it? Because yeah. then it would have made more sense. So yeah, I appreciated that uh, she was in it. As for Roger, yeah, I mean. <laughs> The fact that we didn't know it was him for quite a while is a bit telling as to yeah. how integral he really was to the actual film. Um, it, for him, it was a bit like he was just plopped in <laughs> to be like, here's Roger. Like, so, yeah, he didn't really add anything to the film. I, I, don't, I did love the scene when he was fired. I have to admit, that was hilarious. Like, yeah, because that's what I mean. I feel like he kind of informed like, the Baroness's character more and it was a yeah. that, like... It showed off sides of her, but I think it also showed that element of sometimes people are in jobs that they can't do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like, it, I mean, it made me laugh as well the fact that he was clearly like enjoying playing piano. And everyone just joked at him for it. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess he was like a subtle intro, wasn't he? Because yeah. But you're right. He doesn't really add anything extra apart from no. the funny lines. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like like as to how he receives Pongo, it's it's like why has she sent that to sent him to him? Maybe because she did feel bad about him being fired. Maybe maybe she, she actually did that, think. She? She yeah. Say, like, yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily my fault, but I do kind of feel bad. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot more behind the scenes, probably between like exchanges between them all that we didn't when they get were to see. Together, for example, yeah. In the offices and stuff. Um, yeah, true. Very and to be fair, it was a very long film. <laughs> so was. I was saying that we didn't need any more. No, no more padding out was no. needed. So, so yeah, it was great they were in it, but I think I just want to see where they lead now. Yeah. yeah. I think. So, yeah. I think it's going to be more damaged if they put them in and don't do anything else with them. Yeah, definitely. But in, like you said, in terms of representation, amazing. Like, yeah, so really amazing. Cool. Yeah, that they weren't just white people like they are in the animated. Yeah. Like, that was great. So, yeah. And that Anita had, like, her natural hair off. That yeah, I yeah. loved her hair. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I was like, like, that's a really big deal. I've seen, I've been reading a lot about that, about, like, um, women of colour being able to actually just have their natural hair, yeah. like, when they're acting on, on screen and on stage because for so mm-hmm. long it's been like a cultural repressed um element where like you know it's kind of considered like not professional and in yeah. commas which is so not true so mm-hmm. i love that that was embraced as well and um, same with like monica Rambo. i remember reading that in yeah. the marvel stuff they read about how impressive it was that she had like her natural hair and it wasn't like straightened down and like hot like hollywoodified if you mm-hmm. like and um, so yeah i thought that that was fab and like it was a big deal wasn't made out of it it was just like yeah and yeah <laughs> exactly really cool. yes Definitely. Um, and as we've discussed, there were so many characters in this film. Um, are there any others that you'd like to give an honourable mention to? I thought Artie was fab. Yeah. Was yeah. Fab. Um, Definitely. Yeah, like her mum, her best. Oh, the butler. I love the yeah. butler. his name. Um, I can't remember his name either. But he it. was amazing. I love like how he just switched so quickly and like how he played this like double agent element. Yeah. Was so cool. So um, impressive and so unexpected. That really yeah, was a twist to me. It was, yeah. I was like, who is this man in the fire? Um, so, yeah, I thought, yeah, he was fab as well. Oh, he's just called John. <laughs> that sounds about right. So John. <laughs> I liked John. Yeah. Again, like you were saying, I loved the assistant. I loved her assistant. I thought he was <laughs> yeah. so funny. Um, like, he was such a good actor, like, in his facial expression. Yeah. That was hilarious. Amazing. And I also loved the, like... The security guards was chilling. Obviously, the one that's watching the situation with the um, the <laughs> yeah. rat with the noodles. I was so funny. That was amazing. And the woman, you know, like in the final ball when mm. she's watching the security cameras and she's like, "There she is. There's Cruella." And then it wasn't her, and she was like, "What is happening?" I thought that was yes. so funny. She only had a few lines, but she was so funny. Yeah, because she reacted as well to when the Baroness pushes Estella off. Yeah, she's like, like <laughs> "Yeah, that." <laughs> She made an impact, definitely, in the scene she, she was did. in. So, yeah, so they were definitely, like, standout characters and moments for me. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think Artie was, like, an incredible character. Yeah. I re- I'd love to see more of him. Um, I want just... to see him, like, with his own studio and his own Yeah, work. yeah, because he was just so sassy. Like, the lines yeah. he had, he didn't have loads of lines, but the lines he had were really really yeah. really good and made an impact and you already invested in his personality like day like day one minute one, one. Like, of him on the screen yeah so yeah he was amazing i also think um the manager in liberty london oh, i yeah. feel like oh, his facial him, expression yeah just the way he'd like quiver and like he was like sweating panicking like i thought he was acted very very well it was when, you know when, when the baroness comes in yeah and um 
He's like, we have to give these ruffians a chance. <laughs> <don't we?" laughs> that was so funny. And it's when she's like, I can smell you. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> that whole exchange was yeah. hilarious. So, yeah, I feel like I have to mention him just because he did, he was comedy gold in that Yeah, he section. was. His whole face... He had such a great face. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was amazing. And also, yeah, John. John, to me, was such a twist. I did yeah. not see that coming at all. Like, when we saw that she was in his house, I was like, what? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what? Where did this come from? So, yeah. Um, he was sneaky, was John. He was. He he played a part, and he played it well. He like, was playing the long game. <laughs> he was. He was. So, yeah. Um, all in all... Lots of characters. Yeah. Lots of great characters. <laughs> we, we got through them. We did. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And then that brings us on to Disney fun fact number four. So shooting for Cruella was delayed in 2019 as Emma Stone broke her shoulder at a Spice Girls concert. Sources claim she did by falling off of her friend's shoulders at the concert. <laughs> Imagine having to call <laughs> Disney and be like, listen, <laughs> I've had an accident. <laughs> Imagine, like, imagine, at a Spice Girls concert. Imagine to make that call. Gosh. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing you can cover up, like... No. Cover up a broken shoulder. No. Especially just... in a movie all about fashion, because it was such, like, specific outfits. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like, That's I love it. that. And then that moves on to segment number four, where we'll be discussing the costumes and the music of the film, some of my favourite parts. Um, <laughs> because the film stood out for so many reasons, but the costumes were just incredible and you could yeah. tell how much effort and had been put into those and how they really like like brought the film to another level and um, so what did you think of the costume and all the costume design elements that were part of the film i think it was impossible to ignore them yeah. they were very much in your face and like sometimes when you watch films that are about fashion the actual fashion isn't great no, <laughs> like yeah, i don't know yeah, about yeah. you but i'm like i wouldn't wear that but in yeah. this one like they were just sensational like they really really were they were incredible the level of detail that had gone on to each individual costume yeah. outfit and all the designs and, and there were so many of them yes and the drawings as well like the drawings that we'd see of the designs like obviously the baroness yeah, had them yeah up. i thought that as well yeah such detail such believable detail that this is um, yeah. a fashion designing uh industry and so I actually believed that that's what it was. Sometimes, like I said in other films, where fashion's in it, it's just kind of there, like, like to be it's like, like an add-on, isn't it? Yeah, but this was very much the whole like driving like force of the whole thing, um, and they were just incredible. Like all of the costumes were amazing, and I was every time, especially obviously when Cruella popped up and like ruined yeah. the Baroness's events. Every time she came, oh. I was like, how are you producing, like, how are you creating designing they such incredible. incredible costumes? Like, every time it's different and unique to the last one we've seen. There's no, like, repeat. It, you can just tell how much detail's gone into that. Yeah. So I feel like the costume team um, for this film, like, absolutely deserve yeah. awards for this. Absolutely. Because... Sometimes when I, I see others like guessing awards, like not to discredit people, but like films guessing awards for their costumes, I I wasn't blown away by them. Like I, yeah, I know I'm yeah. not an expert, but <laughs> this I was absolutely blown away by every single like look in this film that Corona had. And not just that, obviously like the designs as well that we see. Yeah. 
the Baroness's outfits, her outfits. She had so many outfits. So many. Well, like, there was one blazer that she was wearing, and I was like, oh, well, I, I like that. I was yeah, like, I, I would wear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and like Anita's outfits as well. Like, she isn't even in the fashion industry, but she was given really like nice outfits as and well. They all matched the characters, didn't they? Yeah. It wasn't like, a, let's just make loads of nice outfits. Yeah. Them out. They were all so specific. Exactly. Because at one point, Jasper's wearing like a roll neck with some like trendy oh, like trousers. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's very time specific. Like their outfits, yeah. they they really matched the fashion yeah. of the time. So, yeah, like ten out of ten. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Obviously, you're going to have a lot to say. I feel <laughs> it really real stand out for me in the film. I thought like that you say the they brought it to another level because quite quite often the fashion can like say be like an add on to a story. Yeah. It's like here's a story about fashion, but we're going to kind of just like throw in some random fashion outfits and we'll actually forget this is what it's about. Yeah. Um, I'm not like a big fashion person. Like mm. I'm, I'm someone, I appreciate good costume and clothes, but I'm not very like in the know of trends and stuff mm. like that. So I don't really yeah. get crazy excited about fashion or shopping. Um, But I thought that the outfits in this were just incredible. Like mm. you wouldn't, that it was the detail on them and the fact that you didn't need to go that hard and they did. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, that bin dress was oh. such a moment. Like, how yeah. long it was, how clever the positioning was, the way like she fell out of the bin, and that was incredible. Like the the red flares on that with like mm. the, the laser, the laser, the leather jacket was just amazing, mm-hmm. and all the colours worked so well. Um, and again, there were so many of them as well. Yeah, there were so many different costumes that were all equally as extravagant as each other. Um, and they added for me, it was great because they added so much personality to the character. Mm. Um, they were great expressions of character. Um, yeah, I just thought they were they were fab, and I loved watching like Estella sewing and Corella sewing, and mm. and um, and how like it wasn't just the fashion, like it, the fashion was complimenting and informed the rest of the scene. Yeah, that moment when her um cloak goes on fire and really, oh. that dress that was a standout moment, like completely. Yeah. Um, it was just wow and so I think to complement the fashion the cinematography was incredible because it gave a real attention to the fashion yeah. I think it could have been very easy to have missed the fashion element of mm. it but the way that the film was shot gave a real focus on that and I thought that was really well done too yeah and it kind of worked nicely in harmony to give it the the, the position that it deserved yeah um, definitely yeah I just thought it was incredible and like you say all the designs I mean and we can't talk about the fact that talking about that dress with the moths oh. on that so was clever. so <laughs> clever like that i mean i went to see it with our friend danielle and she caught on to it before you know when they opened the vault and she was like oh. i bet it's the bead on the dress and i was like what i was well confused and she had it before i did i was like well wow. i know she was very impressive deductive skills it was yeah uh, it was when like, all the moths flew out and i just thought that she'd like put moths in yeah, there yeah me too yeah and <laughs> um, that was so even like the idea to think of that yeah and then design it and, and draw it and create it, it. And oh, it was amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. Having all like the designs around the place all the time made it feel so authentic. Having a cell orbit with a, a pad, yeah. so authentic. So yeah, I, I loved them. And I thought, I think the film wouldn't have been as impressive without them at all. Yeah. Because it also made you realise why Estella was fighting so hard for what she yeah. wanted because she was good. So <laughs> talented. She deserved it. Yeah. 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 Um, so yes. Was there a particular look that stood out to you the most? I think we both agree that the yeah, bin dress the bin was. was uh, it was just such a, it just kept going. Yeah, 
I just wasn't expecting like when that bin van like drove, uh, drove up I was like where are we going with this one yeah I was, I was like how are we where is she like how yeah is I was like is she just sabotaging it like just by dropping rubbish like like yeah. what's gonna happen but she was the rubbish <laughs> like <laughs> literally wearing like trash basically and it, it was just amazing so yeah and obviously you know the one where she sets fire to it as well and reveals the dress that was that's iconic that moment in the, in the film it's absolutely iconic so yeah how about you yeah. well I agree but I think for the sake of the podcast uh, we'll talk about <laughs> I loved her like Dalmatian coat as well yeah. I loved how yeah. it was a bit more subtle like it still had that element of it but it wasn't like massive big furs mm. like hanging over it was very chic very like yeah. fitted I loved that um, yeah. I loved like how her whole vibe fitted in with it like her hair was shorter with it um yeah I thought like uh, the color complementing and the pattern was great I'm not a massive fan of like leopard print or like mm. animal print on clothes yeah it's just not my style I think it looks like other people but it's, it's just not um, for me yeah um, but I actually thought that was really nice yeah <laughs> um, it was so, yeah I loved that and that kind of reveal I thought was just so clever yeah, and she owned that. She owned them all. But yeah, yeah, and the thing yes. I mentioned before as well, that amazing dress that swooped over with the red, that for me was another standout mm. as well. Um, I loved like the, the detail in that and how it literally was covering up the Baroness and all the gold. Oh, oh that was clever. Yeah. Take so like fifteen seconds on the screen. It was well impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and um, that's all standout moments. And then we move on to the music for the film, which I was one of the reasons I went to see it for a second time. So it mm. definitely deserves a mention. It really mm. helped tell the story, give the vibe, set it apart, I think, from other, other Disney films, yeah. and set it as, like, the tone. Um, mm. It wasn't it was about being a kids' film. It's not a kids' film. Really. No, really no. Not. I, I just went to cinema to see it twice and didn't see one child there. Um, so, And it wasn't like I went at, like, you know, midnight. I went in like, <laughs> the middle of the day. Um, yeah. So it had some great new score music. It had some great original songs, mm. um, as well as some classics from the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Um, some absolute bangers. Mm-hmm. Used <laughs> uh, so well. Soundtrack. Yeah, used so effectively. Yeah. And obviously we have like that, uh, like the nice kind of covers. I think mm. there's a Cruella Deville kind of cover in there on the soundtrack, isn't there? Yeah, by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And then we have um, what's the other one? There's the um. I, I want to be your dog. Incredible oh, yeah. song. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other one, the one that's like, um, Call Me Crazy, that one. Mm-hmm. That's fab mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. yeah. So loads and loads and loads. Um, what did you think of the music choices of the film? I thought they were just amazing at like helping tell the story. Like, I felt like every choice they made like with the music was relevant to what was going on and it really helped like with the vibes of what was happening at the time like yeah. it wasn't just that he used like a random song like I felt like they specifically picked yeah. each of these 70s songs for the most part um in a way that would help with the chaos because some of them are really chaotic songs some yeah. of them are just really good at like dramatic like building like the drama like feeling good is a hugely dramatic song oh, whenever you hear that song so and when they used it in the way they did to build up to you know like drama that was perfect that was the perfect use of yeah. it and then you've got like more like chaotic songs by like the clash and like queen and blondie like all of these like iconic songs being used in a way that really really like push the vibes of Cruella or the plot or what's happening at the time yeah I just I was loving it like every time I heard some music it was just great like it 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 reminds me of because another film that I think does this really well is Thor Ragnarok 
that yeah, film. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you probably would. Like <laughs> that bit film, of four, as we know. Of course. <laughs> that film's music choices just from amazing. like minute one. Yeah. Like, and that's that's when you know you're in for a good ride yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. They, it's like they've curated these songs for the score and it's it's absolutely like exquisite the way they've done it because it yeah. makes sense every choice they've made um so yeah and I loved the new songs as well I really yeah, loved the new yeah. songs but yeah how about you I loved it like I said this was this was honestly one of the main reasons that I went to go and see it again in the Ooh. cinema um because I just thought like that especially over like the cinema surround sound element yeah it just yeah. it same with the fashion and, and all of the different things they included. It just built this world and it gave you such an insight into Cruella and what her head, where her head yeah. was at. Like, and obviously from a time period some uh, point of view, it was great as well. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I don't really have as much to say. I just think it was incredible. I think the fact that it, it was used so cleverly. People said it was cheesy. I don't think it was cheesy. No. I think it was clever. Because no, I think... They worked. Sometimes those things can be cheesy, but I think it worked because it was the right time period. Yeah. And it worked for her. And I think it set the film aside from other films. Yeah. Like other, other I agree. The live action films, it sets a completely different tone. Mm. And I think the music is so powerful for doing that. It, it, it helps to tell the narrative. Um, yeah. And this film does that so well. Definitely. Um, with the older songs, but then obviously with like the score is beautiful. Oh, it's um, so beautiful so like so different as well which yeah and then obviously like, the florence and machine it's call me corella apologies that's it that's yeah call me corella was amazing again like really got into like under her skin got into mm. like her vibes um i, I i've had that i want to be your dog song on repeat it's just <laughs> so good it gets me like yeah. so like motivated for life i think it's so good so I, I just think it was, again, everything in this film was so clever and so deliberate. I think that's one of the big things. It's a deliberate choice, yeah. um, which definitely pays off because it creates a really strong world and a really mm-hmm. strong tone of film. Yeah. Definitely. And of course, in the middle of the credits scene, uh, we hear the iconic Cruella de Vil song sung by this Roger. <laughs> um, so what were your thoughts on the choice to end the film this way? What did it kind of tell you? What did it make you think? I like that a lot because uh, that was Roger's best bits, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked it because it was like a nice homage to like the original, but also it was a sign. We're not done yet with this story. Yeah. It was like, we're telling you there's more to come. Like, yeah. that's basically what it said to me. Um, so, yeah, I love that they put that in there. I think it was definitely yeah. worth it. Um, but how, are you, how about you? Exactly the same. I remember thinking yeah. this is great, and it, it tells us that like this is just the beginning, yeah, the beginning of her story. So obviously it ends when she's in Hell Hall, and, and like no one mm. even speaks. She's just like, this is my home now. Yeah, um, and I loved how it then kind of it's, it's like right here we go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we're getting ready to watch like the next section. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice way to to do it, and I, I love when they kind of hint back at the original films and the original mm. inspiration in like a nice subtle way. I thought that was fab. Um, yeah, yeah. It too. <laughs> and it wasn't cheesy it was it was very sophisticated and like a nice yeah 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 I agree yeah it was really good I thought that it was in the credits as well like it, it was wasn't in your face yeah that's it if you made it to the end well done <laughs> uh now we've done to a summary of the um our thoughts on the film mm-hmm. and obviously for our rating out of 10 um, so interestingly, you've put me as asking you first today. Well, um, keep calling me fair. out for not coming to my own decision. So, <laughs> so tell me about your like briefly your overall thoughts okay. on the film to summarise and how you would rate it out of ten. 
I thought this film was fantastic. Yeah. I had such low expectations. I don't know why, because I love Emma Stone. And yeah. like, when I found out Emma Thompson was going to be in it as well. And I do like 101 Dalmatians, but it's not like, like I don't get excited for it. I haven't seen it in years, yeah. No, so like, I need to watch it again. But like, it's not one of my faves. Um, so I went in with very low expectations. And then I did see it later from a lot of people. So I was seeing like all the buzz online. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And you'd seen it and you told me it was good. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So then I was like, okay, maybe it is good. And then mm-hmm. when I watched it, I I was, I could not take my eyes off the screen. And I just, I was yeah. like transfixed by the story. I thought the plot was so clever. Like so many twists, so many unexpected twists. Yeah. And they weren't twists that you saw coming either. At least yeah. I didn't. I couldn't have predicted those twists. And they were all interwoven so well. And I thought as well, I, I did read some people said that the pace wasn't very good, but I thought the pace was yeah, really, really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like it was slow at any point um, or like too much going on. It was chaotic, sure, but that was the whole point. That is mm, Cruella. True. So yeah, I think the characters were all amazing. Um, I just want to see more now of what's happening yeah, yeah, because I, I was fully Cruella. engaged. <laughs> yeah, I was so engaged. And obviously like, I know I said Cruella has her issues, but that doesn't make the film any less amazing. Yeah. Like I, I still love her character. So yeah, all together, like with the music and the overlays, like you mentioned earlier, like the way that they show like the newspaper um, yeah. headlines on the screen and things like that. I love that. Like that was really creative and different to other live actions that we've seen. And I did really feel like it was set in London as well. Yeah. So that was that was great as well. So yeah, um, I loved it. I, don't, I still don't know what score I want to give it. Oh no. Um, my gut's telling me like an 8.5, but it could be a nine. It could be a nine, but I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. Interesting. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I think I was the same as you. I think my expectations weren't particularly high, not for any bad reason, but I feel no. like we knew this film was coming for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get a lot of, we got a lot of poster images yeah we didn't get a lot of trailers mm. um so the promo was there subtly i think mm. um but i what i loved about this and i think i i followed or connected with the with the one of the uh, marketing execs at disney who ran this campaign um, and it they were talking about like that they did a collaboration with like fashion labels for it and stuff like that mm. it was the marketing campaign reflected the actual vibe of the film so well it's one i think it's one of the best reflections of what a film's tone was yeah. in a trailer and a poster as i've ever seen i think yeah. it was incredible you got the whole chaotic vibe of it instantly and mm. um, so but i think because it, there wasn't like it wasn't a new trailer every week yeah we like we were like we know it's coming but we have to kind of wait and see um, mm. and so and there's sometimes the, the better films because you're not kind of putting so much like heavy yeah. on it um I thought it was incredible. I thought it was such a clever story. I thought it was so nice to kind of flesh her out as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like Maleficent, but I think I preferred this to Maleficent yeah, because it me felt too. more like because we got more of her story as well. Yeah. Like, Maleficent was good, but we we did kind of breeze over some of like, the earlier parts. Yeah. Um, and this just felt like completely separate to the original film, which I loved. The mm. music was incredible. The fashion was incredible. Um, my only thing is, I mean, it was long. It, like, yeah, much, it like, was. It was very long. Yeah. Um, I didn't find the pacing a problem, but I think it would be a kind of film that I would struggle to sit down and watch regularly because it's yeah, so long. Yeah, because you had to commit so much time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it did certainly feel like it had. I don't think there was a pacing issue, but I, I do think there was. There was. They, they fit a lot in. Yeah. Um. 
so it wasn't that it was a problem that there's so much in it but i think as a as a viewer it was quite like when you're watching it you like when you get to like the necklace point and and, mm. uh, and then we suddenly had this whole my mom and now we're gonna like head to hell hall and now we're gonna die and and then yeah. Camilla's dead and there's so much going on all at once so i think it depends how you see it whether that was a good thing or a bad thing i think it's not for everyone mm. i don't think mm. that style of storytelling is going to be for everybody um i quite enjoyed it but i i don't think everyone will have done and mm. <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on it's probably one of my favorite live actions yeah um, i feel like i need to really sit down and think about the live actions and kind of where they all mm. fall in a ranking mm. um but i just thought that the way they created a world and the way that they made me really really like cruella yeah um, and and how like real it was when we saw like Cruella like when she drove on that motorbike and had her hair all yeah. over the place and makeup was a mess like it was a very raw film mm-hmm. with so much emotion in it and I, I I just thought it was so clever yeah a Disney film um to kind of go to the lengths that they went to so so yeah I'm actually at the same point of view I, I'm like eight point five or a nine mm. um, I think I'm gonna go eight point five just because. A, because of how long it is. Not that it's yeah. a negative, but it's like, would I sit and watch this film every effort. day? It, it's a commitment. The yeah. Film is a commitment. Um, but like I say, I have been to cinema to see it twice, and I'll probably go again. Yeah. <laughs> because it is a fab film to watch when you kind of make the time for it. Um, my only kind of like, for me, as a, and what I like to watch, what I would say is it's great because it's got female characters in it, but it's not one that you're going to watch to make you feel inspired. No. Um. That's it's true. more about her story. Yeah. So that's maybe why it's maybe not like the full 10. Because most mm. of like, well, I don't know. I feel like the world doesn't really have many major problems with it. So like, I'm like, it's probably Yeah, uh, I know. 10, I know what it you mean. It, it feels weird to give it a 10. I don't know why, but it. Well, I know what you mean because I can't give it a 10 because I think of my 10s and they're ones that I'd watch all the time. Yeah, that's And they true, are my yeah. absolute favourites. So yeah. I'm very confident about them as 10s. Whereas this, I don't know why. Like, it could be the length, I guess. I think it potentially is the length. And I yeah. Think there is so much that happens. Yeah. Um, which, is, like I say, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's it mm. makes it harder to kind of really connect with a film and a million and one different things happen yeah. because... Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint like your exact favourite moments because there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, which can be a, like a negative in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, I'm gonna go with eight point five because I feel like yeah. right, I've got I've got films that I know are a ten. Mm-hmm. Um and it's uh, the music was good, but the one thing I'll maybe I'll say, obviously there wasn't as many original songs as we mm-hmm. could have had. Yeah, the original songs true. were good, but I think well, whilst I love the soundtrack, it might have been nice to have had like, you know, one or two more yeah originals because the the vibe of the film was so great it would have been great to have kind of seen a bit more um original music um as well as the score yeah um, yeah that's true but yeah not not to discredit the the, the, the soundtrack because it's fab uh, but it might have just been nice if we had like one more extra song yeah um would have been see nice. what they would have come up with just yeah because yeah. It, especially the soundtrack was so good yeah it would have just been nice to have had something a little extra yeah yeah, so both eight point five. Wow. That's, well, go us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. It's like, it's like a gut feeling. I'm like, I yeah. Can't point what it is at that one point five needs, but I think it needs to have that extra Disney magic. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, yeah, it needs to be more than just a good film. It needs to like inspire you in your everyday life. Well, we both have our things that we like as well. Um, yeah. So, like for me, I'm always going to prefer animated films. So to give so, like a live action film a ten is pushing it a bit for me. Yeah. So yeah, true. but our favorites. So yeah. True. <laughs> and obviously it's, it's still quite new so it could be that maybe in like a year or two when we've watched it more mm. we will maybe put, push it up to a 10 because yeah. we've, we've had time to become more attached to it yeah potentially maybe um, yeah but I feel like I feel like 
why is it not a 10? <laughs> I don't know. It's just my gut is telling me. Um, but yeah, so I'll start with 8.5 because I do think it is quite long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's that's the wrap for today. Um, it's a long one. Um, mm. So we hope you enjoyed. We hope it was worth listening. So thank you so much for staying with us and listening. If you've enjoyed and you don't want to miss any of our further episodes, um, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Podbean, um, which is just like via like um, the link in our Instagram bio. But we're also everywhere else. We're on Pandora, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Amazon, we're on uh, Spotify. Mm. If there's a podcast streaming station, we're probably on it. Um, <laughs> so whatever platform you're on, just give us a follow or a subscription so that you get the notifications because... Mm. Um, well, you'll get a little pop-ups when we bring out new episodes, which is always useful. Um, yeah. And obviously, if you've enjoyed today, you enjoyed other episodes, please leave a review. Uh, it would be fab. We love reading them. Um, and again, it gives us a great visibility. Um, and obviously, if you leave your Instagram handle, we can come and like give you a cheeky follow as well. Yeah. Um, and also, we obviously still have our ad slots available. So in like the run-up to be like summer or like birthdays of summer i don't know what happens in summertime and <laughs> um, <laughs> we have like different ad slot available and um, so we can do things like any kind of disney shopping if, mm-hmm. because that's our target audience but if you just sell like general small shop items that's fab too yeah and um, we welcome anyone and everyone because we know it's this hard time to be a small shop owner and um, so you can either just drop us an email um, or you can contact us via our social media um, so you can find us on Instagram is the best place to contact us really um, yeah. on social media which is our handle is um, a Sprinkle Disney podcast which is easy to remember <laughs> yes yeah and also on that note don't forget to follow along with us on Instagram for our latest magical adventures we are having some <laughs> we are yeah <laughs> so that's nice um, and of course Robux because you know we can't really go to the parks right now so there will be some Robux no, we're living vicariously to our photographs aren't we yeah exactly um but we're also, as Katie said, offering ad slots. So please just, you know, contact us uh, on Instagram if you'd like to have one. Um, and coming up next time is Pixar's latest film, which is called yeah. Luca. This one's really intriguing, I think. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's a good bit of me. It's got water, and we all it's, know I love water. Well, it's a bit H2O vibes, if any of you have watched that. I mean... Yeah, it's like H2O crossed with, like, Moana. Yeah. Crossed with, like... I don't know, like a fish boy. I don't know. <laughs> and it's in Italy as well. So that's great. Oh, like the setting. Italy. So yeah, it looks great. So we'll, you, you'll see what we think about that in our next episode. So maybe you want to watch it too. And then you can listen along and see what we have yeah. to say about the film. Um, in the meantime, feel free to contact us on our email, sprinklesdisneypodcast at gmail.com. With anything, uh, you can say feedback about our episodes or suggestions for episodes, mm-hmm. obviously about the ad slots, anything like that just drop us an email Um, and from the both of us have a magical rest of your day 